You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a scapegoat. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the C3 podcast, man. I'm joining to you uh, live from a different setup. I'm not even on camera, man. I just wanted to be able to come on and, and uh, interact with fans about this breaking news that we have going on. Joe Brady has been fired as the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. And boy, oh boy, the opinions that, that I feel like we're going to hear today, man. Um, <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, listen, so uh, this is like a reaction show, uh, kind of like an impromptu Friday free-for-all. If you want to join the show and give your opinion, you don't have to be on camera. The link is in the description down below of the YouTube video and on Facebook. So come on to talk about this firing, man. Uh, I'm joined by two friends that uh, normally join me on the Friday free-for-all. They decided to come kick it on a Sunday and talk about this breaking news. Uh, Kenneth Panther Pickle, what's up, bro? What's up, man? Um, I, You know, that's it. I didn't expect it today. You know, I'm yeah. watching a little bit of Chargers and Bengals and messing around on Twitter. And I saw the link pop up. And I thought, this has got to be fake. And as soon as I clicked on it, I thought, wait a minute, this is Panthers. This can't be fake. <laughs> so, you know, I'm surprised, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really intrigued. Uh, 
Jeff Nick, I guess our running backs coach called plays for Matt at Baylor. He's going to take care of the offensive coordinator duties. Yeah. And it's pre- I'm, I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be kind of like a group effort. Yeah, he man. Have any NFL experience, but that Shane Ryan's got plenty of NFL experience, so. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I, I'm about to get into it. I'm definitely about to get into it. Uh, we we got Drew joining us. Uh, he was just chilling, playing some Avengers. Man, I'm I'm sorry to take away from you saving the world, brother. But uh, you know, duty calls. What's up, man? Nothing much, man. As I said, I was playing around on my PS5, and all of a sudden, I get the alert, and I'm like, oh crap. And then I thought to myself, how you get fired on your day off? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know it's a bad day when you're at home just kicking it and yep. you get fired on your day off, man. That's yep. man, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Um, so I think the, he came in this morning and told Rule is like either you get rid of him or I get rid of you. I I wouldn't doubt that at all. I I uh, uh, was just popping in on another podcast and they were speculating that or the, the the point this may be a matt rule trying to save his job so to speak uh, yeah so let me just jump in on this real quick yeah. y'all because i so th- to me look i i've you know i've almost been coined um something of a joe brady defender even you know and i'm not really man i'm not i'm not like a you know oh, joe brady he's actually really good and you know this is a mistake. All, all I'm saying is, is that Joe Brady was never the biggest issue with this offense. If you want to say that, it, that he should be fired and that he, his uh, offensive play calling wasn't inventive enough, fine. Listen, there's a lot, a lot of legitimate criticisms to be had about Joe Brady. But when the offensive line has been this badly mismanaged, the quarterback position has been this badly mismanaged. I mean, like, really, what are we expecting? I mean, I, we we yep. thought that it would be better than this, but it's like this is 100% Matt Rule trying to save face for this team being as terrible as it is because it has no excuse to be this bad. Right. Um. I, I just want to throw this a little bit, I guess, um, let's remember Joe Brady um, spent, I believe it was one year at LSU, maybe in a few years, but he was only a passing game coordinator. He didn't call plays full time, little red zone. And that's basically about it. And yeah. all of a sudden he gets drug up there, drug down here to be offensive coordinator. And he just wasn't prepared yet to be an offensive coordinator. He may still be a great head of head coach someday, but Right now, he's just he's just too young at the position. Um, I hope for the best. I hope he goes out and gets him a job. I expect him actually to go back to college. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he heads back to college. Hang on, real quick. Place Matt, right what now. up? What's up, guys? Chilling, man. Hey, so uh, yeah, so what what do you think about this uh this this firing, man? To me, this is Matt Rule, one hundred percent trying to save face. And, um, uh, I mean, listen, uh, again, I'm not a Joe Brady defender, everyone. I'm not saying that he has been great this year or last year. I I just think that this is a move that Matt Rule made to try and make it look like he's doing something 
to better this football team. And it's cowardice to me, like all the other decisions that Matt Rule has made this season, frankly. I agree. There's definitely some going to be a lot of red flags now, uh, specifically with the offensive coordinator position. Joe yeah. Brady was a big problem to this team, but the biggest line we know is that offensive line. And so it, it does seem like Matt Rule is trying to save his own butt with this by getting rid of Joe Brady in order to get an extra year. But now, I, is it the running backs coach that's taken over this job now? Um, it, yeah, so, it's going to be a group yes. effort. Yes. Oh, well, God. the running backs. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to put any pressure on the running backs coach. He was just kind of thrown into this. But I feel like Joe Brady was definitely going to be thrown under the bus at one point or another. I didn't expect it to be this early, though. So this is the article on Panthers.com. The Panthers are making a change on offense heading into the final five games of the season. The team has parted ways with offensive coordinator Joe Brady after he met with head coach Matt Rule Sunday morning. So they called him into the office. Uh, They say, I met with Joe this morning and I informed him that I've decided to make a change. I'm very grateful to him for his time and effort in helping us get established over this past year and a half. Now for the final five games of the year, senior offensive assistant Jeff Nixon will coordinate the offense in conjunction with the remainder of the offensive coaching staff. And, I I mean, dude, like, I I don't know what this makes better. I I, I don't know. What what does firing uh, Joe Brady do for this football team? This puts us in a worse spot, if anything. Yeah, I I mean, like. like, I really do, because I believe, once again, Matt Rule is a day late and a dollar short. If he was going to do something like this, he should have done this three or four games ago because all yeah. this is going to do now, I'm almost willing to put money. We'll beat Atlanta now. But that doesn't help us the rest of the season. All it does is puts us in a worse draft position at this point. We're yeah, not so, making a Yep. Yeah, let me uh, let me welcome in Brad to this to this discussion. And I'll just – uh, I'll ask this to anyone. Like, was Joe Brady – at any point in time, this season or last season, I also pose this question to everyone in the chat. Has Joe Brady been the biggest issue with the Carolina Panthers offense? I don't think so. I think he's one of them, but I don't think he's been the biggest issue. I mean, he's scheming folks open. The problem is is that, especially this season, this season he wanted to run the Saints-style offense, which is predicated on having a high completion percentage, short routes, and other teams just got wise to it. I don't think he was the biggest issue. There was issues he could have done better. That goes without saying. A majority of the problem on this team has been roster management. And since we kind of know Matt Rule does roster management, your quarterbacks, I mean, you know, your quarterbacks, you, you, you go to one quarterback, you don't like him after one year, even though you gave him a big deal. So you train him and get yeah. somebody who's already failed somewhere else and bring and him in. You, you don't improve the offensive line. Even the guys that you draft, you're scared to use because yes. if they're not ready, why draft them? Um, and whose decision is that on? Whose decision is that that's on? That's my rule. Uh, that's so, my rule. So, yeah, 100%. So, so to kind of to kind of elaborate on that point, right? John Ellis tweeted out a few minutes ago that he has a league source who said he's not surprised with the Joe Brady firing because the seats are getting hot in Carolina. 
I wouldn't doubt oh. that um, I, at all. I, I know some people are speculating that this saves Matt Rule's job. And I, I like – I would prefer to look at it this way. Um, Matt Rule's at a situation. What he's worked, what he's tried to do for two years is not working. Um, so you're going to draw the names out of Hatton. Um, maybe, maybe Nick's mixing with the or, – or whatever. Maybe this is Matt Rule's point to say, okay, if I can win a couple games to save my job, then I'll know whether these guys can do it or not. And if I, I, I don't think Matt Rule's job is completely safe, but um, I, I, I also believe that if he stays, Tepper, Tepper is still going to go out and bring somebody in that he could at very least finish next year out because mm -hmm. he's not going to allow the same coaches to be in charge when if, so, so per se, next year he fires Matt Rule and – he ain't got nobody to lean on. And by the way, I don't even, I, I don't even agree. Offensive line fix, and honestly, yeah. hey guys, I gotta jump off here, but I, I keep listening and being in the chat. Yeah, you cool. Appreciate you, Drew. Uh, but listen, I don't even, I don't even agree with the, with the, the, the notion that this is gonna save Matt Rule's job. If we continue no. to, if we continue to look, if we continue to look absolutely abysmal. Going down the road, then what? What does firing Joe Brady have anything <laughs> to do with Matt Rule's long-term tenure? I mean, can't I even make an argument that the decision to hire Joe Brady was probably just as much on David Tepper as it was Matt Rule? Oh yeah, I, am I, I, I am I out of line in, in saying that? No, no. Let's, let's be honest, though. Like, can we really say that was there ever a game plan for from both Matt Rule and Joe Brady this season? It it started out with like this little dream, whatever, with the Sam Darnold thing going on. But let's be honest, that didn't that didn't work out. Anything they've tried hasn't really worked, mainly because the offensive line has been horrid. Right. So. It really seems fruitless to fire Brady now after you've done so poor this bad so far. Is that it would have just made sense just to keep him at least to the end of the season because I don't know if from here on out for the rest of the season that's gonna be a good thing. Like okay, maybe there's a chance with, with the with the new guy taking up the offensive coordinator position. Or are we actually just trying to tank now? See, see, and that's the thing that people don't realize, right? Even though they fire Joe Brady and they have a new a new offensive assistant and offensive coaches trying to take up the the play calling duties, they're still going to be running with the same playbook, right? I mean, you don't you had if they would have done this, if they would have done this at the start of this week, they could have said, okay, no, we don't, we're not taking a week off. We're installing a new offensive playbook. We're gonna we're gonna you know insert some new wrinkles. We're gonna do some things differently. But no, they didn't. They waited until you know, a couple days before people come back from practice and told the players to take the week off. They're going to be running the same exact playbook. I mean, it's just going to be a matter of who's going to be calling yep. what play, which plays yep. they're running, right? So as far as this, this seems like, this seems like an overcorrection. Like I, I expected some firings to happen this week because Matt Rule, it, it, he, he's, he's in Ron Rivera territory, right? Where Ron yep. Rivera, towards the end of his tenure, they were laying off, he fired position coaches. He, yep. he he did everything he could so that he could save his job and say, okay, I'm going to have – there will, there will be changes next season and I will oversee certain things, right? Yeah. I didn't expect them to 
straight up fire the offensive coordinator. And what uh, does this signal to your to your players? I mean, the you know you you've been you know preaching about stability. The, yeah, the system and doing yeah. the right thing and, and you know buying in to what well, we're you, doing and oh, it's not like you know you, you know. Uh, they aren't trying to live up to Matt Rule's system. It's just that Matt Rule's system doesn't exist. And when you fire your offensive coordinator, it, I mean, it's it's like you're you're signaling to the entire world you haven't the foggiest idea of what you're doing with this football team. Right. Um. You know. Also, uh, it took Cam what two two weeks or at least two weeks to learn the playbook to play a little bit. Um, and he's a veteran. So some of these young, young guys, you know, if you change offensive coordinators in the middle of the season, or you try to change playbooks in the middle of the season, it's just not going to work. Um, maybe, and I'm just hypo, I'm just guessing here. Maybe for, there's some reason they think that play calling was a bigger issue. I don't think it was. I, um, I still have, I still believe Matt rule won't, uh, will be fired at the end of the season. Yep. Um, hey, real I quick. believe that. Let me bring in my man, Nick. Nick, dude, what's going on, brother? What up, Cody? Just heard the news, and, man, I'm not upset about it. Tell me about it, man. Tell me about it. What, 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 are, you, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What's going on? So, look, my thing this whole season, don't get me wrong, the defense cannot stop the run, Okay. But we didn't know about we didn't know how bad our defense was really up until probably the Patriots game was when it really showed its face, at least in my opinion. Okay. So our defense has spent more time on the field than they ever should have because the play calling has not been what it should have been. The O line has not performed the way that it should have. We've had constant constant rotation issues with the O line. That sort of deal. And I don't know, necessarily know if the O-line issues fall back on Matt Rule or Joe Brady. But I know Joe Brady was not necessarily part of the solution. You know, he just yeah. he hasn't been able to scheme up things the way that he should have. Players have not played the way that they should have. And something needed to change. Something needed to happen. And I feel like with better play calling from an, our offensive coordinator, our defense would probably look better. Our defense would not be as run into the ground as it is right now. But my thing is this. Would, would our play calling make the offensive line any better? Like, would our play calling make Christian McCaffrey all of a sudden not injury prone and healthy and ready to play? You know, no. Like, and I, again, like, I, I hear that. And I do not think Joe Brady proved himself to be a good play caller his time he, in Carolina. I he don't. didn't, but the, but the biggest thing that you have to remember, Cody, they were without Christian McCaffrey la- basically all of last season. Yeah, they right. and, there were, and they're worse this year than they were last year. Well, they, and that's they the are, thing is, which makes no their sense. Entire, their entire game plan is predicated on getting the ball into Christian McCaffrey's hands. I mean, even the last game he played in, he still accumulated for 40% of the touches. I mean, if that's your game plan, then you're not a very good offensive coordinator. If your game plan is hinging yeah. on a running back being available to you, but and at least last year you had Mike Davis, a veteran who knew how to work the system, who played in the system. And this off season, we said goodbye. We'll let you go to Atlanta, where he's yeah. actually still pretty much a backup down there. Oh. Yeah, but I th- I think he did that one by choice. I didn't think that that necessarily had to do with what with us willing to let him walk. 
I think it was just a lot of. I think he might have seen the writing on the wall, and he was like, "Screw this, I'm out." Well, that 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 matches with what a lot of your veteran players. We, I mean, I was reminded the other day that NFL veterans talk, and I know they do, but and yeah. you, we right now we're having a lot of trouble bringing in veterans here. Okay, this off season we had veterans say no. I expect if Matt Rule's still the head coach, and we don't have an improvement on the coaching staff. I believe that's going to be more to happen next year. Um, I agree. And, um, and uh, I mean, we're just – we are a sinking ship, and nobody wants to go in there to go down with it. So yep. th- this falls into Tepper has to realize this and make a change. Um, if Matt Rule isn't fired, this boat's going to sink. It's going to go down, and Lord help us, if it gets so low, we're going to be the Lions in, a, in next year. Yeah, and I wanted to highlight. I wanted to highlight this. We might be the Lions now, Kenneth. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, real, real talk. We're not far off. I wanted yeah. to highlight this comment because I, I feel like it ties into the conversation. Deborah King says, "Of course, play calling was a problem." Uh, Robbie Anderson was complaining that defenses were reading their plays, uh, and I remember that. I remember when Robbie was like complaining about that too. Yep. Um, and, and then you know we, we mentioned losing Christian McCaffrey and. We lost him last year, and we were better last year um, than we are this year without Christian McCaffrey. We were better with Whitehead. Let that sink in. And and, and listen, so uh, I'll I'll say this. Well, one, let me do this. Add the Bat Daddy to the stream. Bat Daddy, what's up, brother? What's up, man? I just got this glorious news. Sarah Taylor messaged me and told me about it. I wouldn't even pay attention. And I was like, oh, I got to <laughs> As soon as I got in the chat to message y'all, I saw there was an already, already a room open. I was like, hopping on that. Bro, I, I'm I, I'm not even like by my normal setup, so I'm I'm just doing this impromptu. But um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm happy uh, that everyone's able to able to join us. But um, my like my, my thing is this: this 100% reeks of me of not only Matt Rule. Right, how about this? So let me back up. Can we agree that two things, two seemingly opposing things, can be true at the same time? So Joe Brady has proven to not be a very good play caller on the NFL level when given the reins. But it's also true that Joe Brady wasn't necessarily given the best playing cards when, one, the offensive line has been so badly mismanaged. Then the quarterback position has been so badly mismanaged. It's like... You know, yeah, maybe maybe Joe Brady wasn't that good of a play caller, but damn, dude, who is going to be better as a play caller with this talent the way it is? It's like this is Joe Brady being the fall guy for all of the big-time faulty decisions that Matt Rule ultimately made. I can agree with that because um, when Cam Newton came here, you actually, we commented about this. You actually saw a little bit more light in Joe Brady's eyes. Why? Because he has a veteran who knows what he's doing. Well, yeah, he has a playmaker at quarterback. Granted, an older playmaker, maybe who don't run like he used to, but nonetheless, he still has it. And he was never going to get that kind of shot under Matt Rule because Matt Rule prefers to get younger guys that are backups that don't know what they're doing. So, I mean... You know, Brady well, got an unfair shake, but you know, I still think he's going to come out on 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 top in the end someday. 
So, Matt, 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 uh, real quick, because I know that Greg, for a long time, has has almost been the voice of reason on our coaches. When we were all trying to be hopeful, you know, we all called Greg the Debbie Downer because he was shitting on the coaches. But the, as time goes on, the bat daddy's takes on our coaches look more and more uh, right on point than they ever have. So, Greg, is this the was this the right move, or is there any truth to what I'm saying that this has a little bit of Matt Rule saving his own ass written all over? It's a hundred percent Matt Rule saving his own ass, and you know, I'm not. I've never been a big Joe Brady fan, uh, yeah. but I, I agree he hasn't really had a fair shake. Um, you know, I, I think Matt Rule actually held him back. I, I think this was the wrong call. Not that I didn't want to get rid of Joe Brady. I would have gotten rid of Matt Rule first, personally. Uh, but I'm not making those decisions. I, I think that uh, that Joe Brady, he's going to end up just fine. He's Joe Brady. He's going to get a head coaching job in some college and be just fine, make plenty, plenty of money. I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, I just don't know where it goes from here because I feel like while I don't think Joe Brady was a great offensive coordinator, I feel like the biggest problems were with the whole team, and, and it's Matt Rule. So are you just putting a Band-Aid on this problem, or are you actually trying to fix something? Because it looks like this is not going to change much at all. Because now oh, we don't have an offensive coordinator. Yeah, we didn't have an offensive coordinator that could call plays before based on what we had. Now what are we going to do with this? Like, And I get firing the head coach, you end up with the same problems. I just think it's time to sever ties with, with the entire coaching staff. And this is a situation where me being pessimistic about the coaching staff uh, worked out in my favor. It generally doesn't tend to be great to be pessimistic on things, but uh, this one actually worked out where uh, it came to be true. You know, these and, coaches are just not set well, for this level. And, yeah. and I do want to reiterate what I said earlier for those folks who weren't in this chat when, when I said it. John Ellis, one Panther place, tweeted out a little about night, 48 minutes ago, one leak source tells me that they're not surprised about the Panthers severing ties with offensive coordinator Joe Brady, noting the seats are getting hot in that building. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Yeah, I mean, do, but, do, okay. And I, I asked this a few weeks ago. I think it was on our Tuesday show. It Does David Tepper have too big of an ego to pull the plug this quick after year two on Matt Rule? Because I think that's something that, you know, I know John Ellis is saying seats are hot, but I, I mean, for for David Tepper to pull the plug after only two years of this, when the common like meme around Matt Rule is that he's a third year coach, third year, that's when his team is blow up and take off. If you fire him before that third year, you're admitting defeat and you're admitting that all the decisions that you have made pretty much since you've been the owner of the football team have been terrible. And now you're having to redo it all over again. And, and then that signals to, fan that you, to fans that now you're rebuilding. Now you're having to bring someone in. You're just telling everyone, hey, the Panthers are not close to being a contender right now. Mm-hmm. Does David Tepper even have that within him? Well, the thing about Tepper is you got to remember he comes from hedge funds. Okay, so he he's big in stock markets, and and uh, CK brings us up all the time, and it's it's the mindset of it. There's kind of a rule when you go into stocks is you don't well one you don't invest anything you can't, you can't afford to lose, and two you don't invest anything that you wouldn't be in it for ten years at least. That's kind of a well, Warren Buffett. That's kind of his rules. If you're not going to invest it for ten years, then don't invest in it at all. So I feel like he has a hard time cutting ties early because of that mindset where he's already invested in this. And 
you know, I've chased before in the, in the stock market and it sucks, but sometimes you got to cut your losses. You know, sometimes you make a wrong decision. You got to cut your losses. I, I don't know if that's holding him back or not, but I know that he has that mindset because he made all his money on hedge funds. Yeah. So. yeah uh, I mean, and then you, you, you think about, you know, Joe Brady, uh, we, you know, I used to call him the wonder King. A wonder King is like a young, genius you know and that's what he was billed as that he was this young offensive mind that was gonna you know be the next sean mcveigh or something like that and if you looked at lsu's championship football team you know you had a right to think that man that was a historic team a historic offense put up incredible numbers uh but uh, again man now that that mirage has faded from our from our vision yeah now we look back at that lsu team that had a bunch of first round talents at, at, at receiver at offensive line at, at um you know well maybe not uh you know first round talent on the o-line but they were one of the best offensive lines in football one of the best quarterbacks in football it, you know it, it, it now looking back at joe brady's resume there really isn't much to it. He didn't really have a great resume before coming. Well, yeah, I no, mean, he, look he, at the talent was, that surrounded him. I mean, yeah. it, 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 you had you had a quarterback who, right now, I, if I remember correctly, is one of the highest-rated quarterbacks on PFF. Right? You have two wide receivers who are fantastic in in uh, Jamar Chase and uh, God, who's the other gentleman. We see Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall Jr., and uh, um, God, I can't remember the, the other the other guy's an NFL starter, right? I uh, mean, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I like I said, I believe the right tackle and left tackle are currently starters in the NFL too. I yeah, mean, and and you had Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I mean, those guys are all all star players in the NFL at the NFL level. It's no surprise that they were fantastic. Yeah. Um, real quick, I'm going to throw this out there for folks who don't know. December the 5th in 2019, Scott Turner takes over uh, offensive coordinators for the Panthers. December the 5th in 2021, Jeff Nixon takes over responsibilities for the same job. Wow. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Wow. Wow. History repeats itself, man. But Time one of them was because we fired really- – the, we fired yeah. uh, Rivera then, but yeah, and and uh, North Turner just just well, he took a step back. At, North was only here to help Ron anyway, so. mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but hey, man, time truly is a flat circle. I'm just so disappointed, and I've said this before that all of the issues that so annoyed us with Ron Rivera is the same bullshit that we're dealing with now. Not playing young players when they need to be on the field, firing coaches to save your own ass because of your own inadequate decisions that have hurt the football team. I mean, all these things just over and over. It's like, it's it's embarrassing. I got to ask you this, man. You know, we fired Ron Rivera. We got rid of our GM. We got rid of all of our coordinators. We brought in all new people. What is still the same? where this shit is still happening. And that is Dave Tepper. And I know Matt Rule has come out and said, oh, yeah, you know, Dave Tepper just lets us do our own thing. He doesn't get involved in it. 
No, I'm sorry. Yeah, There's tape bullshit. on it that shows otherwise. Yeah. And you know what? The fact that everything has changed and we still have the same issues that we've had over the last four years, okay, that just, it falls back on the owner. I'm sorry. Yeah. When you start changing everything and only one thing stays the same, then that becomes the problem. Hey, uh, Matt, were you able to join us? Yes, I am here. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. Um, I keep hearing them talk about accountability, and I feel like this move, although I don't like Joe Brady, is just a scapegoat for to put the blame on him. Yes. Because I just – I do – I did not believe that this patch job of a plan that they had coming into the season was going to work. And, like, we all knew that this was going to fall apart. I mean, we were all hopeful, but, like, we knew, like, this didn't look good. Like, Matt Rule has head coaching experience elsewhere as well as other positions. You know, the offensive line for the Giants for a year, and I think, what, 2012? So, like, he knew coming in here that we needed to fix that offensive line, and he prioritized three picks before doing it. And one of them was because his wife said that he liked them. And he prioritized Chuba Hubbard over that uh, that offensive line. I'm not saying that J.C. Horner or TMJ were bad picks, but we knew that we could have had anybody on the board besides Sewell. Yeah, and I think part of, what, part of what is so annoying is that none of us can really pinpoint who made the decisions to pick what players. Even going back to when Marty Herner was here. Uh, we, 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 you know, oh, was this a Matt Rule draft or, or, or was this a Marty Herney pick? And now we're doing the, the kind of same thing where we're talking about, okay, David Tepper, you know, says that he's not involved in everything, but like Nick said, has video evidence to prove otherwise. He is very, invo- very much involved in the decision making. Uh, then Matt Rule is in his second year here. And, you know, he's the one that brings in Sam Darnold, him and Phil Snow. Uh, he, you know, they decide to pass on Justin Fields. And then Scott Fitterer was only there for one year as GM. That was his first draft ever. So, I mean, what, are we going to say that in his first year, he made decisions over that of Matt Rule and, and, and David Tepper? Or is there equal enough blame to go around for all of these decisions? Either way, the 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 name that none of us are saying uh, tied to all these decisions is the dude who was fired today. Mm-hmm. So what, right. what what's the problem here? Well, and, and, that, and, that, and that's the kind of thing that people don't don't realize, right? I mean, if you look at when when we hired Scott Fitterer, right, to kind of be on that on that topic, we start we hired Scott Fitterer from Seattle because we they have an arrangement in Seattle where Pete Carroll basically makes that roster, all the roster decisions. He decides who's on that team. He decides who who they draft. He makes decides who they what they trade and who they do it for. He he runs that roster completely, right? It's uh, Dan Schneider's job to to, to kind of tell him like if. Pete Carroll says, well, I want a really good cornerback. Well, Pete Car- or Dan Schneider goes, well, here's who we have graded as the best cornerback that might be in range when we are on the board, right? It- it's his job to sp- say, okay, well, if you want this position, here's who I think you should go get, and here's the reasons why, right? They wanted to basically mirror that same, same kind of 
operation of business, so to speak, in Carolina, where the, where Matt Rule says, "I want this. These are the position groups that I want to focus on," and Scott Fitter would be like the guy who would go, "Okay, well, here's who who I would go get to address those positions, right?" And that, if you look at Seattle this year, so that hasn't worked out, not not well, right? We're trying to do the same exact thing, and it. I, I'm I'm telling you right now, like you know, for as much as we want to blame rule for all the personnel decisions we need to scott fitter should have been the voice of reason i mean he absolutely should have been right. for some of the choices that we made this offseason and some of the decisions right. we made in that draft so as everybody everybody wants to give him a pass and say you know like i that you know he he shouldn't he should get a chance to pick his own coach if matt rule does get fired and whatnot i mean this man had equal blame as far as i'm concerned in the decisions that were made regarding this roster and specifically regarding the offensive line yeah. And then it's also like, I don't, so I, I, I hear you. And yes, he should have had that, you know, the, the wherewithal to say something, especially if he disagreed, if you're being hired to be the GM. But it's also like, dude, good luck telling David Tepper what to do and his chosen anointed head coach, Matt Rule, that he dished out a seven year contract to. So, I mean, even if Fitterer, you know, even if Fitterer was like, Hmm, you know, Justin Fields is sitting right there for us and he looks, you know, he looks to be pretty good. I mean, if if the, the coaching portion of our team has their mind set on, nope, Sam Darnold's the guy, uh, we're going to be able to show what kind of coaches we are after Sam Darnold has success, we're going to build other parts of the football team. Like, mm-hmm. uh, poor Scott Fitterer to even dare – to defy the billionaire and his golden child. So, I mean, if you, uh, Cody, what would you do next now? Now that we have lost Joe Brady, you know, what would you do next? Because I know what I would personally do, but I'd like to hear what you would do. Well, listen, I feel like we're all kind of done with this coaching staff. So, yeah, I feel like I would want to fire or our head coach. If if we fire Matt Rule, I know this this obviously BNME and McDaniels are names about getting thrown around a lot. How yeah. do you feel about Doug Peterson? Uh, it's like, man, I'm I'm torn on that because on on one hand, the man won the Super Bowl, so I'm not going to take that away from him. But then on the other hand, I also saw how that team imploded under his watch as well. So I don't know. You know, that, that kind of gives me hesitation as well. I'm not, you know, John Gruden has a Super Bowl championship. You oh. know what I mean? So it's oh. like, so I don't, you know, I don't, that's not a name that really inspires me, but, you know, I don't know. Are we talking about head coach or offense coordinator here? I would say head coach. My question, my question was just in general, but. Okay. Uh, can, can I throw a name out there that I think is going to be a hot name at the end of this year that I think if we were looking for a head coach and or offensive coordinator, even though I think he's not going to get an offensive coordinator position. Carroll? No. Sure. Um, Kellen Moore. Ooh. I, I think this guy's this guy very creative. Uh, he's shown w- with the right tools. He can really have some uh, some offensive stuff that looks really, really good, um, very unique. I think this guy's going to get a head coaching job, and I, I wouldn't mind us taking a look at him for looking for a head coach, to be honest. Him, him. Go ahead. I, I think he's going to get a head coaching job, but I also think yeah. that, like, he didn't look too great last year when he didn't have Dak Prescott, 
right? True. I mean, well, yeah, when you have a third string no name quarterback, no nobody's going to look great. I don't think. You know? <laughs> sure, sure. Mm, but it's like, almost like. It's almost like we just fired our offensive coordinator when he had nothing to help in that quarterback mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. I, I I would rather have, uh, to be honest, somebody with experience and maybe, maybe I'd rather have somebody with some fire and experience. But okay, I, I understand. I also know that Mike Zimmer. While a lot of people talk offensive guys, I read an article today this morning that that uh, it's kind of well known in that building that the owner of the Vikings pretty much told Mike Zimmer his playoffs are bust and he's and when it, and, and and further a little bit investigation uh uh several uh, uh the uh, folks in that building stated uh, that the owner met the GM and the head coach that the Vikings don't make the playoffs they're pretty much going to scrap everything and start over so that's that's a couple names of that organization we could we could look at but I know that's true because uh, we had Vikings fans in our chat here telling us that they wanted us to win because they wanted Zimmer fired. That is true. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Vikings, the the players though, and the Vikings, like they definitely have the personnel to elevate. You know, take it to the next level. It's just their coaching's been a problem, from what I'm told. We know how that is. Yeah, we literally know how that is. I guess I, my question for the group is, let's just say we do fire Matt Rule, right? When we fired Ron Rivera, Tepper said, okay, well, I want to go out and I want to get an offensive-minded head coach. And in year two, Matt Rule came out and said, well, we're going to be a defensive team and we're going to win with a solid run game, which was basically the carbon copy Ron Rivera plan, right? Yeah. That's what Ron Rivera wanted to do. Right. So I guess my, my question is, what confidence do we have that, that David Tepper is even going to hire the right guy? Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. One thing, what I, I I tried to look this up myself because I remember it happening. I was watching. I do a lot watching on my phone at work, and I remember, I remember Tepper telling reporters that um, he he that when they, he went to Matt Rule that uh, or when they hired Brady, he went sort of went after Brady. Because um, he was the best name in the business at the time, and the fact is that um, um, uh, he didn't get the offensive coach he wanted, so he was going to get an excellent coordinator. Um, and uh, I think I think David Tepper just got, so to speak, suckered into the to the speech Matt Rule gave. Um, but nonetheless, um, I would hope that David Tepper. Um, has a little bit uh, takes a little bit time and doesn't doesn't jump the gun like he did before. I, I, I still worry about the uh, offensive coordinator McDaniel's for the Patriots. Tepper loved him last time. He 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 may be the guy this in next time. But so basically, what you're saying is that a snake oil salesman sold David Tepper some snake oil, and he yeah. was like, "Yeah, I'll take some of that snake oil." Yep. Um, no, and David. Mark- that's a David. That's a great question, though. Like, what what uh, faith do we have in David Tepper to make the right decision, especially when you consider some of the guys that he could have had? I mean, he could have had Brandon Staley from the Chargers. Who, look, whatever you think about the Chargers, I dare you to listen to one press conference from the Chargers head coach 
and tell me that you wouldn't want that dude to be coaching the Panthers. Okay, that dude is a stud. All right, then, then needless to say, you could have had Eric Bieniemy, who I've been a fan of for a long time. I know many of us have. Uh, there were other people out there. And the fact of the matter is, is that David Tepper told us who he was. He said directly that the reason why he didn't fire Ron Rivera and Marty Herney right away is because he wanted to understand the things that he didn't know about football. And he wanted football people in the organization to make up for all the things that he didn't know. Looked at the wrong kind of football people, though. College football is definitely a different ballpark than... 100%. And now... He's paying for it. He's paying for it. Yeah, and and to your point, now that he... You know, we already know our owner doesn't know a lot about football, even though he comes from Pittsburgh. And then... You go, and then to your point, Matt, you hire a bunch of college coaches <laughs> to come in and rebuild your NFL franchise. Mm-hmm. But, dude, how dumb do you have to be to be a fucking billionaire nowadays, dude? Like, come on. That, that makes zero sense in the world. And yet here we are. The dude puts so ketchup on his steak, so he's obviously not too bright. Yeah. Ugh, does he really? Did he actually say that? It wasn't just Denny's sake. It was a one hundred and thirty dollar one. Nice fat piece of meat. Mm. Just so ketchup I mean, and wanted it well done. So mm. I mean, Cody, look, you know what? If it was me and I was Dave Temper, my next move would be to call up Eric the enemy and just talk to him and be like, Hey, look, you know, are you interested in leaving the Chiefs next year? What's your plan? What are you looking to do long term? What are your goals? That sort of deal. If his goal is to be a head coach at some point. I would ask him if he'd be willing to come on as an offensive coordinator for right now and then pull Matt Rule in and be like, hey, just to let you know, we hired this guy to be your replacement if you do not pan out. So either step up or step out. And quite honestly, that is is how I would go. And what I would do, too, is if Eric Biennemi is wanting to take the job under under those preconceived notions... I would also pull Scott Fitterer in and be like, "Look, okay, you guys need to work together. You guys have th- you guys have two years to to get a winning record of some sort, or be competitors. Okay, our biggest issue this past year is the fact that we have not been competitive in every single game. We've had blowouts that never should have been blowouts. That's where that's where our issue lie, and that's why we're so low on the team right now." Okay, so you tell those guys that, hey, you have two to three years to have a winning record to be on the right path. You guys don't pan out. You're all gone, and I'm doing this the right way the third time. That's just my two cents. Yeah, I mean, asking someone to to, to wait at, at the offensive coordinator, uh, offensive coordinator position, you know, while you figure out the head coach, like mo- most guys wouldn't, go yeah, to a wouldn't. situation like that but also like if if you have that much doubt about your head coach then dude power. yeah rip the band-aid off dude mm-hmm. that's it dude long, right long, you, but... long time fans of the c3 podcast remember when i said the same shit about ron rivera you're delaying the inevitable rip the band-aid off fire the man now and get started on a process 
of rebuilding this football team the right way. And yet, here we are again. And, Cody, you know what? I'm right there with you on that. And I completely agree that that we should have ripped the Band-Aid off a lot sooner with Ron Rivera. But the problem is Dave Tepper has come out and said that he he wants – he understand – I forget how he worded it. But he wasn't expecting an instant turnaround. And last year with COVID, there was no offseason. He brought in new coaches that didn't have the right time to prepare the way that they should have. So in reality, this is kind of their first, I'll call it their, I'll call it almost their second year at this point, okay? Because now that they've actually had an offseason, now they've actually been able to prepare that sort of deal. So if you go out there and you fire him before even his second year is up or at the end of his second year, you're showing that you aren't going to be patient and build the, the franchise that you said you were going to build. You're going to put everybody on the hot seat and you expect something along the lines of what the Cardinals did. And let's face it, the Cardinals just kind of got lucky. Well, and uh, you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you guys. Like, if we're gonna if we're gonna do it, like next year is the perfect year to tank because the 2023 draft is when Bryce Young comes out. I mean, if you're looking for a replacement for Cam Newton, if, I don't know if you guys watched the Alabama Georgia game last night, but Bryce Young is amazing. I mean, yeah, I've been, I've been following up Bryce, amazing. but but yeah, then you're, been... I mean, you're you're planning on then crapping out the rest of this season which we're gonna do and then intentionally and tanking season. all next season man it's gonna yeah. be a rough year podcast and i'll tell you yeah that. You, you see how many teams <laughs> are gonna look so much better this year i mean the eagles have three first round picks yeah it's right. they are going to spend that mm-hmm. or trade I, I, that's what i'm saying like if we if we trade let's just say we we trade dj more and we tag and trade hassan reddick when we can get high High second round picks for both of those, or our first round pick for one of those. We can probably get a first round pick if we tag and trade Hassan Reddick, right? I mean, we could very easily fix our offensive line with, or at least get very young on our offensive line within the next off season, and still not be very competitive, and still potentially be in play for that first overall pick next year. Yeah, and then you're trading away pieces. You're probably pieces of your defense too. Like goodbye to all that sack production. If you trade Hassan Reddick away, and by the way, I want to give uh, uh, Kenneth a little credit on this. They might be uh, drooling over Kenneth Pickett already. So yeah, I, believe, I, bet- I believe they that if Matt Rule stays here, I believe that's going to he's going to if he's still in charge of the draft, unless Tepper interferes, I yep. believe you will draft him first pick if he's available. Also, um, we, we may not like it, but I believe we're going to do that. Matt Rule. I just loved Kenny Pickett way back when Kenny Pickett came out of high school. And- but um, hey, real, real quick, I wanted to uh, reply to something that Nick said at the very end. Nick, you said that the Cardinals got lucky, and in my mind, I kind of look at it as the Cardinals. They're the examples of what you should do because they hired a brand new head coach then drafted a quarterback in the first round, and then the very next year, they were willing to admit that they messed up and basically fixed both of those positions. So, uh, you know, they, they, they moved on from Josh Rosen. They moved on from, uh, what was the guy that we sent over there? Steve Wilkes. Yeah, Steve Wilkes. And then they were able to reset, and now they're you know at the top of the NFC. 
There's yeah. a, how, how does how often does that happen where you get rid of everybody basically as soon as you hire but them, true and true. then all of a sudden everything just is is fixed you know right but that's why I'm, that's why i'm saying that you you kind of have to commend them not many teams do it and the fact that they did and are now successful you know they deserve a little bit of credit for how they handled that situation well and cliff was yeah. smart enough not to bring his college staff with him right he went and got legitimate NFL offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. Truth. But um, hey Cody, I gotta I gotta bounce out. So I'll uh, I'll hit you guys up later on in the week. All right. Hey I appreciate you brother. Glad you can jump on man. Definitely keep pounding guys. Yep, keep pounding buddy. When we talk about trading a player, let's remember too we can we we have a value on our players that the other teams may not. The other teams may not be willing to give a pick a bunch of picks for um, uh, Riddick, or or they may say, you know, you say, okay, we'll trade Brian Burns. They may say, well, Burns had a nice sophomore year, but his rookie year he didn't, you know, he for whatever reason he didn't play so great, and his this year he hasn't played so great. We don't know that we want to give you what you want for Burns. You know, so th- there's a method there that we have to take a step back. Um, uh, uh, and uh, Burns, though, at least he, he kind of fits in a 4-3 and a 3-4, which I'm not certain Riddick could be an every down 4-3 linebacker or 4-3 uh, and or a 4-3 linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I'm not so certain that Brian Burns is a full-time 4-3 edge either. So. Yeah, exactly. So he it's, it's, yeah. it, you know, so you, you're kind of treading water there. Um, I'm really scared to give Burns another contract right now. Yeah, really and re- uh, real quick, I don't know who it is, but someone's got some, some background noise coming through. So mute your microphone when you're, when you're not speaking. But um, Greg, I know Greg has to get out of here, man. I appreciate you jumping on impromptu like this, man. Uh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. What are your, uh, what are your final thoughts on, uh, on Joe Brady before we get out of here? Uh, I think this is, although I think it was the wrong move, the person they fired, I think Brady should have been fired. So this is probably the best week in Panthers football we've had in a while, and it's our bye week. So we're not going to lose this week, and we uh, got rid of something I think we should have. Before you go, do you think uh, Matt Rule is our coach starting next year? I believe it truly plays. It goes on how the season plays out. To be honest with you, I think if we're if we are a stinker and we lose out the rest of the year or win one more game and well, how do you think it plays out? I think how do you think? Lose. Yeah, I, th- I th- okay. So based on that, yeah, I think that he won't be our coach next year because I think we're probably going to lose out every game. To be truly honest yeah. with you, yeah, I don't see us winning. Yeah, I'm, maybe no, Atlanta. I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. I hate that too, dude. It's another season where all of our hopes were gotten sky high, then they fell to an all time low. Then Cam Newton comes back, and now, yeah, we're back. The Panthers are going to the Super Bowl. And then, dude, then they just do it to us again, man. So it's like we've had to come crashing back to the earth two times this season. That's hard to do, man. We are the cryptocurrency of football, man. That's what the Carolina uh, are. So, dude, that's so volatile. Sell, sell the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to throw this out there. I've got to credit John Ellis. On Twitter, and he says, since December the 2019, the Panthers have fired Rivera, Masco, and Turner, retained Herney, 
fired hired rule at 7.5 million a year hired joe Brady as oc signed bridgewater cut cam extend cmc lost 11 games fired herney hired fitter signed irving and elfland on one on the First day of free agency, traded for Darnold, passed on Jones and Fields, picked up Sam's fifth-year option, benched and injured Sam, signed Cam, run get run all over by Rivera, Masculine and Turner, and fired Joe Brady. That sounds you can't make that stuff up, man. It sounds like a mad lips for, for NFL. Hey <laughs> man, we might really have to have a conversation about, you know, are the Panthers in the same tier? As like the Browns and the Lions and these teams that you only think of as like we, we are. We've we are also had yeah. We've also had five quarterbacks in the last two years. Yes. Ugh, God, just going for a record, y'all. Going for a well, Greg, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, enjoy the me, rest man. of your day, man. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and um, yeah, we'll keep pounding until until I see you Tuesday night, bro. Keep pounding, man. Later, y'all. Peace and love. Um. Amen. Yeah, once again, anybody that's in the chat room that wants to join in and give your opinion, the link to join is in the description box down below on the YouTube video, um, also on the Facebook video. Um, yeah, uh, man, go ahead. You know, we talking mentioned about the Vikings a while ago. Um, they are actually the Lions are up twenty to six over the Lions at half over the Vikings at halftime. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've I've got red zone up. I'm trying to yeah. like keep track. That's, so that's, apparently, that's... apparently Tom Brady has thrown a bunch of interceptions today yeah. too. And like the Falcons yeah. are competitive. It's it's yeah. crazy, man. I'm watching the shootout yeah. between. I, uh, I, uh, I kind of uh, agree though. Over. If if we if we stink up the rest of this season, which I I believe I I said it uh, after the last game, and I'll say it now. I I believe. I don't believe we'll win another game um, <laughs> unless it's unless it's at the end of the year when the Bucks have everything wiped wiped up and took care of and we're we're playing their backups and I'm not certain we could beat their backups so um um but if if we don't win another game I I I think Tepper is is pretty much forced to fire Rick. I really do yep um hey real quick let me add my man Rock to the stream Rock what's up brother What's going on, man? How y'all doing? Chillin', man. Chillin', man. Give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts. Joe Brady is no more. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. What, I'm happy. Was it? Yeah. Did, did, this need to, did this need to happen, or was Joe Brady just a fall guy for Matt Rule's ineptitude? It, it needed to happen, bro. Let me go in my room so I can get some more light. It needed to happen. I, I like, I like, I, I, I like, I've been wanting this to happen, bro. I was like, man, when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah, man. So, so, do, so, do you think that Joe Brady has been holding back this offense? I do. I feel like he. I feel like he's. I don't know, man. I feel like he's like a kind a kindergartner calling plays, man. Football player. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. He hasn't been impressive, man. He hasn't been. I mean, the only thing I'll say to that is what I've been saying to that man. Like, look at the quarterbacks that the right. Panthers have been through. Look at the drops that we had. Look at the overthrows that we had. Look at the, the mistimed balls that, right. that have been thrown. But also, and again, I know I sound like a broken record, but like, look how badly this offensive line has been mismanaged. 
Correct. I mean, it's been terrible when there's no protection and your quarterback and you can't depend on him from a dirty pocket. It's like, man, to me, this just spells that Joe Brady is is the fall guy. So I guess my question now would be, who do we who do we elevate to be the OC? Who do we who do we get? But now it's um, hold on. Uh, 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 his name Nixon, is man. yeah Jeff Nixon. And hey, hold, hold up real quick, man. One, uh, uh, Jeff Nixon is the new offensive coordinator. But hey, man, let me ask some people to the stream right quick. Uh, one is a legend of the C3 fan community, my dog Nova Black. Nova, what's up, bro? What's up? What's up, Cody, man? What's up, C3? How y'all doing? Chilling, bro. Chilling, bro. Chilling. Happy to have you on, man. Uh, also, real quick. Uh, shout out to the homie Twan. Twan, what's going on, bro? What's good, boss? Chilling, man. Chilling, man. Happy y'all could join us. Let's go to Nova. Nova, man, what you thinking about this? Did did, did the Panthers do the wrong thing, or man. was it, or was it time for Joe Brady to hit the road, bro? First of all, I'm blow right. It's right in the middle of the season. This is unheard of. Most yep. teams will wait to the end of the season. You know, when stuff like this happens, it's just real bad. So I'm going to say, honestly, overall, I think Joe Brady's the fall guy, but he's been atrocious, man. He's been atrocious, man. Uh, His play calling, without Christian McCaffrey, it's like he's, which way do we go? Which way do we go? Which way do we go? Now, if you go back and look, when we even had Mike Shula, man, and we had Fozzie Whitaker and all these guys, okay, in the backfield. When when Stu was down, you didn't see the play calling change up too much. It wasn't too drastic. You couldn't tell that yep. there was a fall off because Fozzie Whitaker, who wasn't as, as much of a bruiser as Stu, you know, he was more of a poor man CMC, you could say. Um, a poor Shout man out Alvin Fozzie, Kamara. Fozzie was underrated. The play calling, the play calling has a huge significant drop-off. The route concepts are are basically uh, first-time Madden player-ish. You got defensive backs running the routes for our wide receivers. And, and and take a look at this. He can't seem to get these guys open unless he's getting the linebackers to drop um, right there on the ass of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Because if they drop in the coverage, they don't have to drop very deep because all of his crossing routes are right there on a on the on the back sides of the defensive on the of the defensive uh tackles. So guess what? Our wide receivers are getting their head knocked off time after time. Yeah, that's why time, DJ that's why time. DJ is afraid to afraid to catch the ball across the middle. Right. So that's why he, DJ be dropping them slants. Yeah, right. they, they're making what they call business decisions. And yeah. you can't blame him on that one. Right. Joe Brady is a good call, but not right now. And and that's just Matt Rule trying to say. Why wait ass. though? Why wait to the end of the season? Get him out of there, man. Get him out of there. Listen, so we can start learning learning the new system. Because the, listen, because where we are right now with them little bit of draft picks and stuff we got right now, yeah. they might as well strategically tank, my man. Trying to nah. win out the back end. For what? We for don't what? have any. What are we tanking for? 
But we don't have any bad picks. We don't have no picks. Why are we tanking? And, bro, everybody got... what we can with what we have. Everybody got so upset at me last year when I was saying that we needed to tank for the quarterback, bro. Last year was the year to do it. And here we are once again, a day late dollar short talking about tanking. Like, I agree with my man Rocks. Like, what you tanking for? Like, if, anybody, if anybody yeah, thinks if anybody thinks that the Panthers are tanking this year, you have to be out your mind. This is a million right, dollar, right. million dollar bro, company. Tanking, I don't bro. think it's gonna happen, but I just don't see the logic I, in trying. I mean, it's not the right okay. time. I've seen, I've said it so many times. We are stuck in purgatory. It's the same thing right. every year. That's why. That's why I'm saying if, if they're if they're competent. But what, competent, but saying that, rule. but saying that, aren't we undefeated in our division right now? Still. We are. Yeah, we are. That is true. Yeah. We are. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, like, you have to look at what what does the future hold for us or what does the future look like for us? We've got – we only have $29 million in cap space next year. We only have, what, five picks in total in the draft? I mean, that's – and we have some glaring issues at offensive line, linebacker depth, and free safety. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've we're, we got a lot of cap money tied up in the quarterbacks. <laughs> we're still paying Cody. We're still right. paying Sam. You guys know what I think? I think that hiring the signing of Cam Newton exposed Joe Brady as a play caller. Period. I'm about to be with Cam. Cam in the NFL longer than Joe Brady. So and Matt Rule. He probably has better football IQ and knowledge than Joe Brady. And you sitting here with these play calls. Now you got the quarterback complaining about probably the same thing that's been being complained about behind the scenes. It's a possibility. Um, this is this is a quick quick paragraph off uh, Pro Football Talk where they're talking about Panthers firing Brady. It says Brady arrived with much fanfare, hired as part of a Rule's original staff, but the Panthers have struggled offensively, staying ahead of opposing defenses or its own tendency, and it tells. Also possible, if like, if not likely, that Brady didn't click with Cam Newton. Those who returned to the team has created excitement and ticket sales, but the two disappointing losses after an upset of the Cardinals last week, Newton performed poorly against the Dolphins. So, Mike Froyo is going to blame firing Joe Brady on Cam Newton. But again, but uh, but but even then, you're putting Joe Brady in a tough spot, and you're putting Cam Newton in a tough spot. Right. Like they're they're supposed to get on the same page in the middle of the season and make the Par- the Carolina Panthers a contender. Like once with again, with no offensive line. Yeah, with no offensive line. Once <laughs> no, again, I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, Cam it, Newton is snake bitten. Right. Cam Newton it, has the worst luck in this. Fucking right. world, y'all. Just, the right. same thing that happened to uh, uh to him with the Patriots last year is the Man. same shit that's happening to him this year. No OTAs, no ability to gel. Now the offensive line is trash. The players around you aren't playing good, and now the entire NFL media wants to blame. You know, oh well, Cam Newton's never been accurate. No, it's the morale, bro. Not to cut you off, Cody, but it's the morale. Like yeah. the players are like we have the talent. Like the the morale is down though because nobody's nobody's wanting to put it out on the line because they don't believe in the coaches. PJ was thrown in the fourth quarter and he was sacked over and over in just a small amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, let me get the homie Twan in on this, bro. Tell me what you think about this, man. Man, 
you can't blow a situation. You can, you cannot blow a situation up because it doesn't work. Once you blow a situation, I mean, like my man, I don't know. I think you somebody said earlier the Arizona Cardinals did it the right way. Yeah, like they had totally. to blow it up. Yeah, start over again, find a new coach. There's a lot of things that shouldn't have been blown up, but I'm not gonna put the blame on just Brady. It starts mm -hmm. at the ownership, ownership level. We don't know yes. anything about. We we do not know anything about Tepper as far as being a football owner. We know he's a businessman. He makes a lot of money. He can sell tickets. So right now, <laughs> think about that. Matt Rule, I love him coming out of bed. I love him when we I loved him when we signed him. He's still getting acclimated to the NFL. And he has a seven-year deal last time I checked. So I don't think he's worried about his job either right now. But well, I mean, it I, makes me I, wonder. Like, I don't think Joe Brady was worried about his job. My, my, my biggest thing is it's not over until it's over. This season is not done, and we are undefeated right. in the NFC South. Right. If we win all of our games in the NFC South and maybe knock off Buffalo, go undefeated, what can you say then? I bet. Look, let me ask you this then. Let me, let me, let me pivot the conversation this way. What are the chances of Carolina's <laughs> offense looking better now that Joe Brady is done for. Nixon is the coming in. Was the play caller. 50, 50 so minutes. we got, yeah, this dude, Nixon. Apparently he was the OC at Baylor uh, when Matt Rule was there. So, bro, we literally got, we got the Baylor team made over, y'all. <laughs> if you have ever coached or played for Temple or Baylor, Bro, this your fucking spot. Come right over, bro. We need you over. Yeah, he, he's been our running backs coach all year, so he's familiar right. with the players and stuff. Hey, so. hey, hey, we'll see, man. We're going to see. We're about yep. to find out. I need cameras. Yeah, I, mean, I, I need cameras too, so I can go to the cigar shop. After yeah, we beat Atlanta. Yeah, After we I beat mean, it's something, man. It's something. But it's like. But look, man. Even still. Yeah. Might be an upgrade from Joe Brady, man. He might be, but I still. But but this move well, right here is getting getting your boy Rule out the door next year. He ain't coming back next year. So so even and I'll reiterate what I said earlier though, right? You got one week now to learn a new playbook if they're going to redo it. They're not. They're not learning a new playbook. They're going to have the same playbook. Right. I mean, anybody that thinks this is anything but an ornamental firing is kidding themselves. At least right now, it's yeah. going to be a few weeks before they get a new playbook in place. How much of this has to do with the, them coaching jobs coming open also? Um, I don't know. Do y'all remember earlier in the in the year, I talked about it on the podcast. They asked Joe Brady about LSU. And even Joe Brady's answer at the time, I clowned him for. Because he, he was like, nah. It's like, yeah, I, I don't think about stuff like that until the end of the season. Like, right. bro, you're already signaling that you don't have intentions to be here very long, bro. Right. I'm like, glad he gone, bro. On, man. Yeah. You guys remember glad, what Tony bro. was saying about get the job, make the money, then go back to your old job? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, shout out Professor. He might have called it, man. God. <laughs> Dang, man. But, no, you're, you're right, though. To, to me, this this just smells uh. like, like Matt Rule trying to save his own ass. Because everyone around him is upset about how this team is underperforming, losing badly to teams that we all checked off as a W before this season even started. Mm, it's like, dude, that, that, that's, un that's unacceptable, man. 
crazy, man. We took some L's, man. Too many, bro. I mean, we, 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 lost, we, we lost to every NFC East team. Every NFC East. Every. Now, that's why I'm rooting against them this weekend. <laughs> bro, we're still me? in it. We're still in for a playoff spot. Bro, but look, is that, that is horrible. Or does it seem like the, the team doesn't play that well at home? They don't. We're one of the worst yeah, we on the road. We're one because... of the worst home teams in the NFL. Well, well let me ask a question then. Can I ask a question? What What is the difference between the three and zero start and then the rest of the year? What happened? Yeah, <clears throat> they figured us out, man. No, there ain't nothing going on but college bullcrap on the NFL field. That's all. Well, hold they on, figured, they we figured all... us out. But we all know the major thing that yeah. happened. Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey goes away, and the whole offense goes away. You take you take Christian McCaffrey out of, out of this equation. Now you have no identity. You have no identity because all you are is the Christian McCaffrey show. Bro, who was that Panther that was like, "No, we're not the Carolina Christian McCaffrey." Like, bro, yes, the hell we are. Yeah, yes, the hell we are, man, and and maybe that's no, why that was Hassan Reddick, right? But look, no, look we, we, we didn't even look good with him in the game. No, he was in the game. He was in the game against Miami. We got, we still got our asses whooped. Yeah, I mean, he was, but then even even still, he got hurt. His yards after contact is still. Yeah, crazy. oh yeah, he got yeah. hurt. He got hurt all of a sudden once we was like down by twenty points. <laughs> I know, bro, that's no, what I'm I, saying. Like, there's no rhyme or and he finished. Didn't he finish the game? Am I, I wrong? I think he did, bro. No, like, he, that, no he didn't. I think he was faking. He was, he <laughs> oh, he was out after halftime. He came yeah. out in the booth. This sort of happens when you build your Ain't entire see, team man. around one player. Right. You know, camp, uh, Ron Rivera said it this week uh, when he was talked about it. He, he said he will not never build a team around one player like he did in Carolina. But that's all he said. Didn't make no names. We all know he built the offense around Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And when uh, when they right fail to make good selections at the offensive line, and Cam gets hurt, you're crippled. We and haven't had a good time. Right. Oh, no. We're building an offense around a running back who gets hurt all the time. And did you say? Did you say he built the offense around Cam Newton? That, well, that's what he alliterated. He Cam said he won't no never offense. build the offense around Cam, around one person. Well, who Cam else never was he had talking offense. about? <laughs> Ever. Never, I mean, he can't Ever. be talking about he built it around Jonathan Stewart. You know, Cam never had offense. This this man went to the Super Bowl with fucking Ted Ginn, uh, Jericho Cotri, and who else? Who was the other guy? Oh, Devin my boy that, uh, got to my I can't think it's coming to my name. But the one that made that catch in the, in the uh, Super Bowl. Devin Punches. Hey, when, hey, Cam yeah. Newton, uh, he, he drug a Like these guys don't even Holyfield start on, on another team. Cam Newton brought a janitorial crew playing wide receiver right. to the Super Bowl. And went to the Super Bowl, bro. I, hey, man. For, you ain't, you ain't, it wasn't for me. Greg Olson, though, too, now. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Cam had a connection there. Them, to a Super Bowl. That, the and, yeah. Yeah. them two had a connection. I don't think a quarterback and a tight end will ever have again. That yeah. defense took them to the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. yeah when, when Cam Newton, crazy. The, the, be- the, the best weapon slash receiver that Cam Newton ever played with was a tight end. <laughs> I mean, he, he made Greg Brady. Olson three years of a thousand receiving yards, man. The first tight end to ever do that. 
Hey, and then Greg Olson slow as the old Volkswagen, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. Man, he just got finesse, man. Got finesse. And his hands got sticky glue to him. Yeah, that's all faithful, <laughs> right. man. That's yeah. all hey, boys, I'm up. Y'all have a Hey, appreciate you, man. Yeah. No problem, man. I'll, I'll be listening to y'all. Yeah, all later, Jamal. Right, appreciate you, bro. All right, yeah, man. Peace. I'm a uh, dude. It's like, yeah, I mean, seeing how we did Cam Newton and, and the fact that we brought him back, like, honestly, real shit, before we brought back Cam Newton, this is one of the reasons I didn't want Cam Newton to come back. Like, why come back to this? Look where we are now. And now Cam Newton's having to do the same shit. And you know that if the Panthers play bad the rest of this year, no matter what, Cam Newton's the lightning rod. He's going to take the, the majority of the blame for all this shit. Having to having to, to, to come in late, play under different play callers. You have no Christian McCaffrey anymore like you thought that you did when you signed. Now Dante Jackson's on IR. Oh, by the way, Frankie Louvu is on the COVID list. Like, dude, I'm telling you, man, Cam Newton is one of the most snake-bitten quarterbacks, <laughs> I, I think, to, 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 to ever play. I think um, Cam is going to keep these guys in the game down the stretch. And I believe that's the only reason they're going to play is for Cam. Because I don't think um, Matt Rule got that team. I think he's lost the team at this point. Yeah. And the, the pro players who've been in for a while can see that. I've got a I've got a bit of a hot take, and this goes to both players and coaching personnel, or not players, fans and coaching personnel. When it comes to certain all star, you know, pro caliber players, you know, guys like McCaffrey, Caffrey, you know, Steve Smith, Jordan Gross, Keekley, we write on their success as a player so much that they're expected to carry the weight around them, and of course, sometimes they definitely can, but like the minute they get hurt. People, people start figuring this out. And that, that happens every year. I mean, McCaffrey got hurt. It's like, oh, yeah, they have they have little to no run game, you know, in, in past years. And it's, it's going to be like a continuous cycle of not just building around one player because yeah. we're so heavily reliant on McCaffrey to carry that offense. You know, we could say that, you know, Morse could. We could say that Robbie Anderson has had his, you know, had his moments. But like yeah. we know the number one player in that offense, that number one weapon is McCaffrey. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. But by the way, that's also why you don't pay Christian McCaffrey that kind of contract. Yeah. Just because so, he's and, and look, and, and, and it, it's purely discriminatory, man. I'm purely discriminating based on the fact that he is a running back. He is a running back. You can copy and paste any running back into this conversation, and my opinion remains the same. I'm not paying Derrick Henry big bank. I'm not paying Kamara big bank. I'm not paying Nick Chubb big bank. I mean, pick pick one. Pick one. I'm not playing and paying running backs who are a dime a dozen in the draft, and they get hurt so often. And, and, and you're going to make them the, the centerpiece of your offense that's not good football decision. Other teams playing that out ahead of time. Yeah, but you got every now and then you get a guy that comes on like Adrian Peterson. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, honestly, that's the thing that people don't understand is like if if, if McCaffrey you don't is not a wide receiver, you don't pay that. You just don't pay a running back. 
I mean, and we've seen this time and time again, right? I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, that looks like a bad contract. Tony Pollard's been better this year. You look at uh, uh, who, who is the guy for the the Rams that they released. Um, um, so, I forget this name. I have Gurley, to look at it. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, yeah. You look at um, – uh, But Gurley came out of college hurt, man. But yeah, but still, I mean, they paid him that big money, and then they released him two years into his extension. You know, I mean, they had to eat. I think they had to eat like thirty million dollars dead cap. Hey, look at uh, look at uh, Ezekiel Elliott right now over in Dallas, man. Even with that team being good, he's like a shell of his former self. And Tony well, Pollard's looking excellent. Yeah, look at where where is where is uh um the the Steelers guy uh. Right. Yeah, I've seen with the Jets and never again. But remember he held out for that contract too? He was like, yeah. nah, you gotta pay me. Bro. Right. I mean Pittsburgh was on the song. You you don't you don't pay running backs. I mean, it's just that's just not the right decision. At least you don't pay them big money anyway, right? Pay them like eight million a season, then great. But you're paying, you know, we're paying Christian McCaffrey. People don't realize we're paying Christian McCaffrey sixteen million next season. We're paying Robbie Anderson sixteen million next season too. Damn, I mean, yeah, we're we going to be thirty-two million dollars in this season. Hey, somebody, so, yeah, all right, I got it. So <laughs> that's I mean, the kind of music that is taking off YouTube. We, we right, really, I mean, we are cap, we are cap poor next year as it sits right now. I thought Robbie's contract yeah. was like. It was like twenty five mil. Like it's twenty five mil. It was twenty a twenty five million dollar extension spread out over two over two additional seasons. So he's six, yeah. he's a sixteen million dollar cap hit next year. He's a nine million dollar cap hit the year after. Are we, we still paying Keekly? Yeah, we are. Yeah, this year. Yeah, wow. this year's. Uh, but uh, there was someone. I thought there was someone else too. That Teddy Bridgewater. No, wasn't it? Wasn't it? K one short. There was someone else. Yeah, that, we like you wouldn't, you wouldn't think you wouldn't think that we would still be paying, and, and we are. But 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 Robbie's contract is also trade friendly. So if we can talk somebody into trading for him, like if we trade him next year, we'll we'll clear thirteen million on cap, and the dead cap's only three million. So, and, but if you, uh, year after that, it's better. Mm-hmm. So. Robbie's contract is, is what I want to call tradable. It's it's easy to trade him if you find a partner. I would want to trade him. That's the most dropping in the NFL right now. Nobody's trading yeah. for him. Yeah, but at the same Robbie, time, man. you know, DJ Moore. If you're DJ Moore and the GM walk up to you and say, "Hey, you want to resign?" Why you say? Why would you say yes? Well, that's. I don't think I mean, he's going to. I think he's he's I gonna. He's, I'm gonna be real with you. Like, if we fire rule, yeah. They're not going to keep DJ Moore. DJ Moore will be a rem- will be a player who was drafted in the last two regime- regimes. Right? They could, yeah. I mean, I, I really don't think DJ Moore. I, I don't think whether rules here or not. I think that this is DJ Moore's last season in a Panthers jersey. I really do. And, and you know what, though, even if I'm DJ Moore, I don't think I want to be a Panther next year. But you know what though? I feel like I feel like even if DJ leaves, I feel like we'll be all right because we have a lot of young talent at wide receiver. 
You know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. like, and like he, yeah. I mean he he's done a lot, but he hasn't done much. It's like it's like I don't know. I'm like in the in the I'm like like kind of like threading the line with DJ. Like he's done he's done a lot, but at the same time it's like man, when we need him to come through, he don't come through. Yeah, man, dropping passes. Uh, he doesn't yeah. have that. He doesn't have that number one receiver mentality, man. Like he don't have that so, dog like, in no, him, man. A dog. No, like, like, bro, you look at somebody like one of my favorite favorite wide receivers in the game is Stephon Diggs, and yeah. when you look at the way he just cooks opposing receivers, man, like, like he's so precise and almost damn near violent the way he runs routes, man, like. Dude, Steve Smith had that same kind of thing. That same kind dog, of thing, man. man. And, and, yeah, and it's like really dog. DJ, DJ, DJ don't he don't have that kind of that same kind of dog in him. But going back to what I was saying, if I'm DJ Moore, look, so much of, of the receiver position is dependent upon who's playing quarterback, who you got throwing you the football. And if you're DJ Moore, you're looking at the Panthers. Bro, since I've been drafted, y'all can't figure out the quarterback position. So even if they did throw, you know, throw a bag at him, like, why would you want to stay here, man? Like, you can go somewhere else to a team that has a, 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 a an entrenched franchise quarterback. Like, imagine DJ Moore with the Ravens, bro. Like, that might be perfect for them. And you might want to go there. But... I, I, if I'm DJ Moore, I don't know if I want to come back to Carolina. I wouldn't. I would ask for it if I mean it's nothing. It's nothing. You know, I think DJ's all right, but he don't. He don't have what you said. He don't have that dog in him, you know. And and yeah. even even to you remember the days of T. Steve Smith walking up, a play didn't work out, throwing his arms up there, squ squalling at Jake Delhomme. Why didn't you throw me? Eyes open. Steve might have had three people on him, and Steve still say he was open. DJ yeah. don't do that. DJ so don't do that at all. Yeah, DJ, something wrong with DJ, man. Like, not making fun of anybody that's like they have mental health no, issues. No. But I think something wrong with DJ, man, for real. Something wrong with that. Guy, I think he don't. I don't think he loves football. I think I think he's losing a lot of his morale. But somebody on Twitter called him a diet DK Metcalf, and I was like, Ugh. you say you say you, you think he don't feel like football. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think that he loves it. He might like it. Yeah, I don't think he loves but, it either. Yeah, it's like he doesn't have the passion for football. Like, there are some dudes, man, like like a Jamal Adams type player. Whatever you think of Jamal Adams, that dude's coming to break your face every play, man. Right. And, and it's like that, there's a mentality that you have to have playing football. And I don't think that uh, that DJ has that kind of talent. And look. Like we we bust the balls of like a Dante Jackson a bunch, uh, whenever he gets burned. But at least he has a dog in him. Like he has that fighter's mentality that you do want at the cornerback position. So it, you know, I, I I'll give him credit with that. But DJ, no, I don't I don't see that kind of player. In him. Man, I don't know, man. Dante to me, Dante like your little brother who talk all the all this junk, but he like wants you to fight his battles. <laughs> I remember yeah. DJ stopped blocking a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was noticeable. Dante won't tackle for nothing, man. No, DJ, hey, bro, but he was doing better with it this year, man. He was like, doing better. He was, he was doing better, but like he still, he you can still see he, he he's scared to hit. He will he will not wrap up for nothing. Like certain guys, had that. 
he had that one well, good yeah. play against uh, McLaurin, but that was it. Well, but when, he was when, by him. Come on, bro. Like, I, yeah, I know, but that was it. Like, he just, back, I don't know. Dante, there's some guys, when they're playing, especially defense, it, it, it's like their second nature. You know, it's just second nature to tackle. It's just second nature right. to cover. Yeah. Uh, Dante, he got to work to tackle. I mean, he he's scared, he got, bro. All right, I got he, 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 he like he like my he was like my son when he was little, and I fussed at him to hurry from the yard. He said, "All right," and he'd walk like a frog. He'd walk the slowest you could walk to get something done. I'd be like Dante. Dante, he like, "All right, golly, I got to tackle shit far, man." Right. You know, he's and scared, and, bro. He didn't like it. <laughs> and bro, like, like he's not, guys, he, he's scared. It's hard to it's hard to blame him too, bro. Like you know, he's on like what five ten, maybe a hundred ninety pounds. Get off the field, then. Yeah, you know what's crazy about that though? You have guys like Keith Taylor who play with their heart out, and they he still won't get the starting job for a game. That's crazy. Look, if you're scared, don't play football. Get off the field. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But like what I'm saying earlier, I thought that he had gotten better with that, man. Like I noticed him wrapping up more. He was making plays in the backfield. He was flying to the football. But that, like something happens where all of a sudden he just plays undisciplined. Right. And and he just he he, he uh you know doesn't mind his P's and Q's and shit. Like yep. he, he just don't do none of that shit no more. So and then, it's like and then he he and then when when he actually has two games back to back where he's he's really bad, Alvin Blue he's injured again. So right, <laughs> that that's a yeah that 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 reminds me of uh, what's the name uh Chris Gamble. Chris Gamble used to be that way. He's one of the best cover corners we ever had. But 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 every summer when it time to go to training camp. He'd have a he'd have a hammy that he couldn't go after in that hot sun work. Yeah, I mean, yo, G baby, I see you in the comments, man. Well, why do we sound crazy? Because we're saying that Dante Jackson is playing like trash. And man, he, what? Uh, he, G baby loved loved Joe Brady. His buddy gone now. Now now he got to cry. G baby on that. G baby, you sound crazy <laughs> for real. <laughs> Like, look, Joe Brady suck. Dante scared to tackle. Like, it's not we, we're not making this up. Like, you can go back and watch the film. This guy will shy away from a tackle, bro. Dante can't line up against number ones. It's as simple as that. He can't, he can't line up yeah. against number one. Like, he, he gets burnt like all the time, bro. He had he has to play like <laughs> ten yards off somebody so he won't get burnt. Scary Terry. Well, that's all and, I'm gonna say. And let, let's be real here. He's not gonna. Dante's not gonna be a Carolina Panther next year. He's Yo, not. don't. I, right. I, look, I wouldn't pay money to sign him, bro. I wouldn't. Bro, let me ask you this: What are the players on the team currently that we just cannot do without? That next year they have to be a Carolina Panther. Give me, give me some. Maybe and Chin. Maybe. I would. I could say Chin. Jeremy Chin. Hassan Reddy. Uh, Shaq for sure. Nah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Shaq is Shaq's an interesting. Bro, see, look, I've been, dude, I've been He's fighting a... people. I've been fighting people that? on YouTube, on Twitter about Shaq Thompson, bro. It's like, yeah, he's playing real good this year, but people got mad at me because I said that he wasn't a Pro Bowl. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't yeah. think that he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Like, Shaq. he's had 
Well, she's had one good year, man. <laughs> right. She's had right. one good year. Out, I want to. I want to point out that you know before the season was coming, we were all looking forward to the twenty twenty two off season when we can get release him from his contract without a major cap hit. So. I mean, no. everybody was looking at Shaq as, okay, well, we just need to get to 2022 because then we can release his dead ass out there. And now everybody is all up in arms. Oh, he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. I mean, I, it's 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 a discussion that has to be had. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick. Hey, real quick. Uh, let me add Jay Hutch to the stream. Jay, what's up, bro? What's up, man? Can y'all guys hear me? Yeah, uh, just make sure you have some earbuds so that way there's no uh, there's no noise in the background. But yeah, all you, right, bet. hold on, hold on, give me a second. Yeah, you're good. But uh, go ahead, uh, Brad. You were, I think you were saying something. No, I was just pointing out, like you know, I, it's a discussion we have to have regarding Shaq Thompson. Like, if he is he a, a, gonna be a centerpiece of this defense going forward? Because again, you know, back to the same point I made about DJ Moore. If we fire a rule, if rule's gone at the end of the season, then you've got a player who's been here through two regimes still with a new regime coming in. Are they going to view him with the same amount of gravitas as they do yeah, like as the current regime does? You know? Or is so, he going to yeah. be a half casual? Too? This is kind of my – I can't even call it my issue, right? I like that when we signed Matt Rule, we signed him for seven years, right? And I kind of give them props on the Cam Newton signing only because I just showed you – the type of, I don't want to say crow that they could eat, but a way that, hey, they, when they said, hey, we're looking for the best available or we're trying to win, um, trying they to actually win. They're, they're, they actually meant it. Now, I'll I be like honest, yeah. as, as a true fan, right, I think the 3-0 and got us fucked up in the head because we knew on paper we probably were only going to win seven to nine games this year based on our roster, right? Like Phil Snow did some magic. I mean, what? He took over the, pretty much the youngest D, um, took us what? Made us middle of the pack to basically a top seven defense this year. Don't get me wrong. We've been getting gashed the last couple of weeks, and we know that we need to improve on the D line, get a couple of linebackers. But I think the only thing that we can kind of question is some of the questionable decision-making, right? Like the Brady criticism, like get him out at left tackle. But at this point, Dennis Daly not the answer. We know that, right? Yeah. And then I'm looking at the other one. Uh Remember, uh, we, we signed Perryman, and we were all happy because we got a linebacker. And then we went with uh, Jermaine Carter, and now he's going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, now Perryman. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, he's, by the way you, you can't even make this up. Denzel Perryman is number two in the NFL in tackles. Great. Right. right. And if, if, if you look at the tackles, right, Jeremy Chin has like 50 of them. Not Jeremy Chin, sorry. Uh, Jermaine Carter. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know how you guys are feeling. But I don't. I think we probably need to move Jeremy Chin out of the safety and put him back at linebacker. See, but that—that's the thing. I don't. I don't know. I really don't know if he's built to play linebacker like. Yeah, that. I mean, we, we can Jamal. play him like a. We can play him like a Buda Baker slash uh, Jamal Adams. But I, I just every time I see him getting torn up in coverage. Um. I mean, I think our I think yeah. our cornerback situation is going to be a little bit better next year. I mean, I am going to miss Jackson, even though he was getting cooked the last couple of weeks. But I like that we got J.C. Horn. I don't know how much Stephon Gilmore or A.J. Bouye really have left in the tank. Stephon Gilmore has been great, but I mean. Yeah, Gilmore is going to be fine. And, and no matter what happens, bro, like, I want Gilmore to be on this team next year, man. Like, I still think that he's one of the better corners in football, and especially knowing – like that we didn't uh draft a quarterback or a left tackle. 
uh, redrafted J.C. Horn. And I think J.C. Horn is going to be a great player. I would like someone like Stephon Gilmore to be around J.C. Horn and and help him become one of the best corners that he can be right now, man. All right, so let me ask you this thing, guys. I kind of want to post the room. So what do you guys feel like our quarterback room looks like moving in next year? Are we fine with Cam and Sam next year and then essentially trying to run it back by patching up our offensive line and, you know, that kind I, of route? I think PJ might be gone. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, but, I don't, but are you, maybe but are you guys, no. are you guys fine basically saying Cam Newton, Sam Bradford, I mean, Sam Darnold battle it out for QB1? Let's use our draft picks or whatever. Let's fix the line, get a couple more um, defensive line reinforcements. I'm pretty sure we're going to lose this on Reddick, right? I, I don't, uh, unless, I mean, unless we I don't, franchise him, I don't think we're about to pay him big money. And he's gonna, he has the numbers to command big money now. Yeah, but you're just letting all of your sacks walk out of the door, though. So, so I'm just right. saying, like, either we're going to franchise him or let him walk. But I mean, that's kind of where we're at, right? Yeah. Because I don't really see, I don't, I mean, I, and then we signed Robbie already, but we don't really have a ton of cap space. Oh, uh, you play. You also got to look out. Depends on who, if we let Rule go at the end of the year, uh, the next head coach may pretty much say Riddick don't fit this team or my defense right. I want to bring in. But my thing is – Riddick is pretty much a pass rusher on a 3-4, but he can't – he's not He's not thick enough, I don't think, to be an every-down player pass rusher on a 3-4. So there's, 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 there's kind of differences on a lot of your players on whether they fit the next head coach. Hey, real quick, uh, Julian, whenever you're not talking, use your microphone. You got a lot of background noise. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Um, but, I, I mean, look, knowing how many pieces the Carolina Panthers need, sadly, man, we, we're in a position where, like, we have to do what we have to do to get players on this team, man. You know, like Brad mentioned, we need a lot of linebacker help. We need safety help. I mean, Listen, if we're going to talk about moving players from one position to another, like, why not just let Dante play free safety? I mean, he's honestly more built for that, I feel, than uh, being one-on-one with a a speed receiver. Uh, I believe Dante's going to – Dante's going to sign up. When he comes back next year – uh, he'll be a fr- unrestricted free agent. He'll go somewhere else. I don't believe he'll even entertain Carolina. Yeah, I think he's done in Carolina. I, I, I don't think – I don't even think he wants to be no. here. He's going to want to be here after this season, especially yeah, he, if I, the regime I, rotates. I heard on the – well, I read on Twitter that uh, he, him and uh, Bradbury were still really good friends and talk a lot. So, he may be headed to New York. Wait, uh, I got a – Another hot take. I think we might get rid of two CBs this year. I think Dante's going to go, and then I think the second one's going to either going to be either CJ or AJ. But we just traded for uh, C- CJ. Yeah, 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 CJ, CJ stays. I think that the next one that will go will be AJ. And AJ, I mean, we got yeah. we got the we got enough depth that that's fine having CJ yeah. Horn and you know Gilmore if we yeah. resign him. But and we I have think, the next like what four or five Taylor, years of CJ Henderson's contract. Yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. plus, uh, uh, AJ, he's a he, he, he signed a two year deal last year. So 
we don't we're not forced to get rid of him anytime soon. No, you know a, a, AJ only saves us, I think, about three million if we. Cover. Yeah, exactly. So, so. He, he's a guy I would keep around even through training camp, just just in case somebody don't work out or. Yeah, I mean, or, we we've been having sh- terrible cornerback play. Yeah. I don't know for ten years, but, so I think we're good, right? He, yeah, he, he's a, he's a guy. He's AJ's a guy though that I would consider moving to safety. He's got the veteran experience to do it. Right. I'm more concerned. I, I look at it like we probably need another defensive tackle, another linebacker, and then a safe, a starting safety. So that's three on defense. And then on offense, I think we need a left tackle, a left center. I, I, no, I think no, I think no, what's no. the name's holding down center. Pat's holding I, I don't down know center. about tackle. Like nah, but see, all right, listen. Pat Elfline has played better at center, but I'm not gonna pretend like I know that he's the answer in the future either. Like I right, don't. So, so, so let's just. I just I would, I would also include center in that discussion. Okay, so let's say right. left tackle, center, say. and guard. We need at least three, right, on the offensive line. Well, I mean, we don't I even know. And that's the thing. Brad already, knows, Brad already knows what I'm going to say. Kenneth already knows what I'm about to say. The fact that we don't know who Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown are right now means that you've kicked the can uh, a year down the road on evaluating what kind of player you have. Yeah, that's true. So, so this is what I think, right? Because, and, and I mean, I, I try not to pretend I know more than the coaches, right? But if Dennis Daly is out there looking better in practice than Brady, I think that kind of is our answer. But we, but that's the thing. So, so it, the last two weeks before last before the Miami game, Brady Christensen had graded out as the highest per, per, on PFF and was the highest rated player on our team at left right. tackle. But what, what, who were we playing that week? We were, we were playing the Washington football team and the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Not to say that Arizona's not that, not good, but, I mean, you look at – they didn't have no Chase, uh, Chase Young on that side. Yeah, but even but, still, man, it's like how many people believe that Dennis Daly looks better in practice than Brady Christensen? I would uh, have uh, – I and believe this is, is only Dennis's last – well, I – I I don't I don't like Daly. I used to. Daly's lined up at multiple positions this year and has failed in all of them. And he's done that for multiple coaches because I think he yeah. did that with Ron Rivera too. So I'm like, and like you said, he's a six round pick. So I don't get what their affinity for him to try him out in these roles are. But I honestly think it has to be because he looks somewhat good in practice. And you know anybody that says we should we. Here's the thing. We just don't know, right? We need to know. There, there are th- three things that we need to know as far as going into next draft. We need to know, can Brady Christensen hold down the left tackle position? Can Deontay Brown play a left guard or right guard? No. Right? Those are those are two things we need to know, right? Because, right, Tom. Over the, over the next be, five games. Yes. Because because I'm going to be honest with you. Like, if, if, if those two men pan out, it, it, even if – even if Christensen is a reasonable guard and Deontay Brown is a reasonable guard, then I think, okay, yes, we need to get a left tackle. If, if Christensen is a reasonable left tackle and Deontay Brown is a, is a starting caliber guard in the NFL, then we need to get a center because I'm going to be honest. Center is one of the most important positions on that offensive line. Yes. It will yep. help secure but, the, the middle of the field so I, much better. I look at this, right? We got five games left. I mean, I love our squad, right? I think the reason you fired Joe Brady is because he wasn't committed to the run, right? And building this offense, redoing it around camp, right? So I think 
the answer to the reason that we switched it to that. And then, I mean, if you look at Joe, I, I looked at Joe Nixon's background, running backs coach, right? Had, I think he, he reinvented kind of when Reggie Bush went over there with the Dolphins, like committing to the run game, right? And this is going to be without Christian McCaffrey. So I think we're going to find out more about our offensive line, like you said, putting Brady Christensen in there to see if he can – because if Brady can't make it in the left tackle, then can he make it in the guard, right? Can we find as much replacement as we can on the offensive line there, right? So we can spend more picks on the D and then filling out some of the rest of the stuff because I think we're still, even with Tommy, probably going to go fishing on a tight end again, right, because Ian's going to be gone. Right. And we can we can add some level of explosion there. I don't care what we think about Terrence Marshall, but adding another wide receiver or another flavor to our offense, I think is gonna be some type of lower round priority too, right? Just to keep our pipeline got, strong. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, so, me too. And by the way, hold on, before you go, real quick, if you're a fan <laughs> of good football, the game to be watching right now is the Chargers and the Bengals. Yeah, they yeah. Are, they're I'm all, going. I'm all, I'm all over that one right now, bro. I, yo, this game is actually crazy. Y'all should check don't, it out. Don't you out. love the fire on the Chargers coaching staff? I do. I thought, dude, look, look how often they go for two. They, yeah. they go for two. They're not afraid to to go yeah. for it on fourth down, bro. If I'm being real, if I could like handpick any young coach to, to like be my like who I could pick to be the Panthers coach. It'd probably be this dude, the guy for the Chargers, but that's just me, man. I didn't mean to derail the conversation. Yeah. Uh, going back really to guys, center. I, yeah, go ahead. got a whole out here, guys. Anyway, uh, great talking to you. See you next week. Yeah, dude, I appreciate you jumping in and hanging out for a little while, man. Uh, yeah, until next time. Uh, uh, earlier, you, dude, you mentioned that uh, we need, may need help at defensive tackle next year. I think we're good. Remember, Davion Nixon is on IR. He'll be good next year. Yeah, and, and uh, Phil Hoskins has played well. Exactly. So we'll, we'll have four defensive tackles going into next year. We've got yeah. some pieces to work with, so it'll be fun. But going going on the the topic of elevating our younger players, what about TMJ? Like last before the draft, you know, everybody was kind of hyped about him. You know, being this uh, this piece that could we could definitely rotate rotate a lot, and he could cause a lot of problems. He's had 14 receptions for like 116 yards, and it just kind of seems like they don't know what to do with him. I don't think I, he's he's been out on the field some. He just he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't get open. He just well, for but, whatever reason it's. I think some of that's on him being a rookie. I think he's running into a rookie wall, so to speak. It's a it's a it's a combination of things. It's one him being a rookie. Number two, I don't know if you heard the news. Panthers fired their offensive coordinator today. <laughs> that so might be that. They're, they're, they're obviously not happy with with uh, what our play calling was and, and how Joe Brady had been coaching. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the third and maybe the most important thing here, and it's the same thing with DJ Moore, look how inconsistent and mismanaged our quarterback position has been. Like – yeah, I mean you're not you're not effectively getting DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson to football. So why should we expect that they would be able to get it to Terrace Marshall Jr.? That's like true, that's right? that's a, it's it's like an unfair expectation, really. And yeah, he's a rookie. And the same thing goes with Shy Smith too. And he's had some injuries uh, that he's been working with and and dealing with. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a Carolina Panthers receiver. You're not in a great situation to be successful. Like that's just the fact of the matter, man. Like that's why 
Robbie Anderson is kind of smart for him and his management trying to get him broken off some extra cheddar while he still had the the, the chance to. Because it's like you're not you wouldn't give him that contract now. Right. For sure you would. Unless you're Smitty or Muhammad. Yeah, but that's the thing. We don't have a Smitty or a Muhammad. No, we have, we're still looking for his replacement. Man, yeah, we ain't got a Smitty or a Muhammad. We're looking for Jordan Gross's replacement. We're still looking for Keekly's replacement. We're still looking for Greg Olsen's replacement. Smitty for wide receiver coach. Yeah, there you go. You saw him talking to DJ Moore. Um, was it a year? How many years ago was it? Ray Smitty ago? in for wide receiver coach. Ray Luke in for Bro. linebacker coach. He was trying that's, to teach him. I don't think mean, Smitty yeah. would take that job. I don't. I, I, I well, listen. What if if you listen to Steve Smith on NFL Network or even his podcast? I believe some of these guys. He'd just outright deck him and be done with that shit. He'd <laughs> be, be, be the only hey, head coach suspended need, for fighting a player. Sometimes what you need though. The thing yeah, man. Hey, it, it looks like it, it looks standards. like. It looks like Steve is always ready to swing on Michael Irvin. What was the name of the player that uh, that Steelers player that he grabbed his jersey? He just he just kept getting in his face, and he just turned around. And he grabbed him by his jersey with like one hand. That wouldn't fly by today. I can't think of his name. Was his name Clark? Um, uh, it was a corner. It was a corner on the Steelers. Hey, hey some of these players need humbling, man. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they prima donnas, bro. They prima donnas, bro. What's the dude I just played on this podcast? Uh, the guy, uh, he used to play corner, Pac Man Jones, Adam yeah. Pac Man Jones. Yeah, y'all can't forget how he did him, man. Yeah, Steve Smith, Steve Smith, break him in. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you when you go and look back at Steve Smith and Musa Muhammad. It just becomes all the more apparent that they were dogs, Carolina does yeah, Carolina doesn't have that dog no more, man. Like right. uh, shout out to shout out to CK on uh, on our Tuesday night show. He's been saying Christian McCaffrey is the best receiver on our football team. I believe and he is. He, and he I might not be wrong about that. I believe yeah. I believe I'd put when when Christian comes back next year, regardless of who our head coaches is, I would flat. put Christian McCaffrey as a wide receiver. Christian's yeah. always he would compete with, for a starting job at wide receiver. So yeah. you got to put in a lot of effort to contain him. Yeah, I I think I think Christian could be a it the just closest makes thing to Steve Smith that we've had in a long time. It just mm-hmm. makes sense. You put him in. You put him in as a wide receiver. He yeah, he has you, all the open space. Take, Right, you take Steve Smith back in the day, and imagine him playing running back full time. That'd give you Christian McCaffrey. That's my opinion. So, yeah, uh, I mean, Plot, Steve Smith, and uh, you know, uh, uh, working for the OC, uh, not OC, but uh, receivers coach. Yeah, I mean, look, I would love to have Christian on this team long term, and we're going to no matter what, because if you look at the way his contract is set up, like. Even if we did trade him, we would be eating a bunch of dead money anyway. So, like, Christian McCaffrey is a part of this football team. So, yeah, I think it behooves us to either dramatically lessen his load or dramatically increase the amount of snaps that he takes at wide receiver. And I know most of the fan base has been calling for that. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not – I don't don't mind putting CMC in the slot more at all. 
but the question is whether or not he wants to do that. Well, there's, I mean, you're right, but mm. if you're the head coach and you say, here's what you're going to do, he says, well, I don't want to. And he says, well, here's another paper. Sign this contract to release it from cap space and you go your own way. <laughs> I mean, there, there's hey, teams out there that will do that real quick. I mean, if imagine a player telling Bill Belichick, I'm not going to do something. Do y'all yeah. feel like CFC be like, kind of like, maybe like faking these injuries, man, like self-preservation type deal, <laughs> like. Once we feel like we're not going anywhere, his, his agent probably like, hey, man, just, just act like you got a hamstring injury so we can, like, save you, man. Like, cause, you know, like, what's the chances of him getting another big contract with us? I mean, maybe there's some Or even one one. I definitely think there's some planning. Even if it's not necessarily Christian saying, eh, yeah, let me just not play the rest of the season. I do think a lot of that factors into – when the Panthers make a decision. Pat Coltrane hit on that, too. He, he said some. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, the, like the, if, you're, if your coaches know that you're already trying to turn around the football team for next season, then that's why you wouldn't, you know, you would put a player on IR and almost kind of save him from himself. By the way, this is literally the exact thing that we wanted Ron Rivera to do with Cam Newton back in the day. When Cam Newton was clearly hurt and getting worse game after game, it's like you wanted Ron Rivera to save him from himself and put Cam on IR because he wasn't going to do it of his own volition. So sometimes you have to save a player, and I kind of think that's what happened with Christian. Because, look, I don't want to take nothing away from Christian himself, like the mentality that he has, the kind of skill that he has. Like Christian is incredible. My problem is not with him. Or anything that he does or says, like the dude is a baller. No one's taking that away from him. It's just when when you you pay him so much money to be the main part of your offense, and meanwhile you can't keep him healthy for more than three games in a row, if that maybe. So it's like I I really have a tough time with this CMC conversation. I I think something that could help him is maybe adding like somebody like a big bodied fullback, like a Dukes Johnson, just to just to kind of help like take that weight off like by quite a bit. Don't get me wrong, like I love Abdullah, but like having like Royce Freeman, Chuba, Abdullah, like doesn't really help when that O line is terrible. I mean, have somebody that can, you know, punch through a couple people. Might be might be able yeah. to extend his uh his life and we have there. a dude don't we isn't that isn't that what giovanni ricci is oh yeah uh, I, I i i don't think so i i know he's he's supposed to carry that role i i do I, yeah, but he doesn't, I'm not, yeah i'm not trying to disrespect the dude i just he to me he giovanni ricci is a is a tight end who they liked but didn't have enough room in the tight end room and they needed to put somebody to fill a spot so they're gonna give it to him because yeah, he's he, not he ain't he ain't had no carry runs, and I, I've often what you're calling about. I've often called them power a pure power back. Um, I I think that's the coach's decision that we ain't got one. I think there's guys out there all over the place to get, but it's just Matt Rule doesn't think he needs one. Yeah, and um, then uh, I, I almost can't blame him though. Most of the NFL doesn't utilize a fullback anymore. Like that's just something no. that you don't really see too much right. today. But, but I mean, but, they, uh, hey, how, how about this? A lot of people uh, wanted us to put Tommy Trimble in the backfield and just let him be a big, tough, badass mofo. Well, you and, know what? And let I, him I, go. I want to see why they don't at least try it. 
I mean, yeah, what, I mean, what's it going to hurt? I would say grab a fullback because Christian McCaffrey is a bit of a smaller uh, running back than compared to everybody yeah. else. Well, so, yeah, I agree. But it's hard right now. It's hard to find a a good pure. It's hard to find the type of fullback you need there. Yeah, beefy dude. Yeah, like, and a lot of them. I mean, one. granted, granted, uh, there was one floating out in right last cuts. The one of the best fullbacks that was in this past draft, but they just. The coaching staff had Giovanni Ricci, so they were happy. And by the way, on a completely different note, why is it that every player or like every team that plays the Panthers, like we've all been having questions about two attack of Iloa, right? And oh man, is he isn't he the quarterback? Are they gonna trade for Deshaun? Oh, they took, you know, him over Justin Herbert. Bro, all you need to do is play the Panthers and it will do you a world of good. Not only did two attack of my little ball out on us, but dude, even today, he's I just I'm watching red zone, he just dropped a dime on uh on Jalen Waddle, man. So it's like, why is it that every every single bad team the Panthers play, not only do we make them look better, but they start to get more confidence after they play us, man? It's like, God, we're the best thing that could happen to them, you know, Cody. If I was if I was Tua. The very last game of this year, I'd have to get on the media, and I'd have to say, "How you like me now?" And I'd have to, I'd have to on on national media. Now yeah. he probably won't do this, but on national media, don't right. you know he wants to look at the owner and the and the the GM and maybe the head coach who wants who at one time wanted to go out and get Watson and say, "Won't you go get him now?" See, that would have been me, man. That, that would have been right me. There. Yeah, I, 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 I'd be like, hey, man, remember y'all was talking all that shit? Yeah, here I am. Say it again. That's crazy because, like, the Eagles and Miami were both talks for the Deshaun Watson trade, and I think they're going to keep both their quarterbacks for another year. Yeah. Yeah. And that, if, if that Miami something? gets stupid. that something. <laughs> if Miami gets stupid and gets Watson, I would gladly give up a first pick for two. I know we've done I that mean, before, but yeah, I, I damn just, good right now. Yeah, first God, pick for who? Huh? For two for a first pick for who? Tua. Hell no. Wait, he would die here. He would die here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Quarterback <laughs> die behind the rule line. And see, here's, the, here's the deal. And, and here's my only thing about Tua, man. Let, let's say he finishes off the year fantastic with nothing but 300-yard passing performances. To me, it still doesn't answer the questions about his injury concerns. Like, that dude is hurt every season, and he has been since college. So that that concerns me about it. Right. right. Okay. Let me ask you this, and just as hypothetical, because I, I I would rather fix up the offensive line myself. Okay. But yeah, me too. If Matt Rule stays, we're going to get another quarterback. I just believe it in my being. We will, just because that's what Matt Rule does. If you Behind had him, to give though. up a first pick. If you had to, if if you had to give up a first pick for Tua or one of the rookies in the draft, neither, bro. It's I'm not agree with you. I, I do, I, it, but you, you I, watch what I tell you. Matt Rule's going to draft a quarterback, regardless of the offensive line's healthy or not. It's it's amazing because like the two games that the O line played really well on with the Washington and uh, was it the Arizona game. Like yeah. PJ looked great, Cam looked great. It's clearly. 
You, it doesn't matter who you stick behind that O line. Everybody's going to perform. I, I, I've been screaming. I've been screaming to fix this O line for four years now. Yeah, yeah everyone. Four has. or five we've years. Been, on this and, podcast, we've been chanting, yep. "Build that wall." And and <laughs> you know, I, I often discuss this. Uh, his name slips me all the time. The Chargers left tackle, the rookie, Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater. You remember My number one tackle. Yep. Matt Rule said he wasn't a tackle. He's a guard. Yep. If Matt yep. Rule would have drafted him, he'd have probably Ooh. never seen the field. Because he don't know shit. Matt, this is what we've all had to find out yeah. the hard way. And I mean, Matt you, Rule is a poor evaluator of right, talent. Right. So, so if if nothing changes, do you really expect Matt Rule to build a quality offensive line? No. no I don't. I don't. I don't. But that's why it makes me sad that I think that. I mean, I think you're right. I think he is yeah. going to be here next year, yeah. and I, um, I don't, I don't put it past him to bring in a quarterback either, just because right. it's something that I, I mean, again, I haven't done my evaluations yet. And by the way, let me let me say that now, man. We got 96 people watching. We've been going for uh, I think about two hours now, something like that. Like if you button. haven't hit the, if you haven't hit the like and subscribe button, man, please do so. That helps us grow the channel, get seen by more people. Yeah, I had no intentions of going live today, man, but this ended up being a pretty fun show. I'm happy that everybody uh everybody was able to come in and hang out and be a part of this, man. It's uh you know, weird times to be a to be a Panther fan, but hit the like button, hit the subscribe. Uh you know, like my man Trill once says, hit them thumbs up and uh help us get seen by more and more people. Um this me a but then hard, though. Say say what? I said that that Joe Brady firing caught me off guard. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that, bro. I, I had just came in from yeah. the grocery store. I was like, "What in the what?" I was like, "Bro, what?" And I, I just got happy, man. I started yelling and everything. And yeah, and to bring it back to to Joe Brady, man, like, uh, look, I, I I think that. Uh, how about this? Let me let me uh, I'll I'll pull the room and the chat room. Whoever wants to to answer this. Um, do y'all think Joe Brady gets a gets one of these college jobs, or where, where do you think, uh, if any place, we're going to be see, seeing Joe Brady's name pop up next? I keep hearing Oklahoma. I believe Joe Brady will will be the <laughs> offensive coordinator of LSU. That's my opinion. I don't believe he gets the head coach. Oklahoma could easily give him, offer him the job right now, and that now I could see the Oklahoma deal, but I I I could also see him going back to LSU to be the full time yeah. offensive coordinator because he's still never been a full time offensive coordinator. Did uh did uh Brian and, Kelly did did Brian Kelly bring a bunch of staff over there? I don't, I don't know how many people he's like implemented or if he's like. Or what they're what they're doing? I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, he offered the job to uh, he offered the offensive coordinator the job to the uh, to the to the same guy he had at Notre Dame, and he turned it down. The guy at Notre Dame said no, he's staying. So he's still looking for an offensive coordinator. Yeah, that might be it. And yeah, if, I think if, right, if, man. that might be yeah. It. If now, if Joe Brady could easily just set out for the next month and. Maybe hope an NFL team comes squalling, or he could just go back to college and get a job right away. Yeah, he he may get more money in college than he does in the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, think he's going oh, to be offered an NFL, hey, especially when you see what these colleges are paying coaches. Oh yeah, shit. 
That's that might be the place to be, man. Look up, look up what USC gave Lincoln Riley, bro. They 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 gave that man a king's ransom to go from Oklahoma to USC, man. All I know is that next week, well, within the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a lot to talk about with the changing of the guard. Yeah. Matt, do you think uh, do you think Joe Brady ends up somewhere next? Or, or I said I said Oklahoma. I think honestly, I, that's what Oklahoma. I keep seeing. Okay. So I could see it, uh, but I think LSU would be even a better fit. Makes more sense. Rock, what you think, man? You you thought you you like this uh this move of us firing him? So do, yeah. do you think you're gonna see him somewhere else? Man, I I would say I would say his best bet would be to go to L- LSU and uh you know be like an offensive coordinator. But um, head yep. coaching, I feel like if he goes take any head coaching position, I don't give, I don't care if it's NFL or college, he's going to fail, man. Uh, he's going to fail uh, horribly. I, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, I was just on here. Uh, it's being reported now that Brent Venable's been hired as Oklahoma head coach. Oh, is that real? It, it, yeah, oh, it, oh, this dude. article I'm looking on now is at DraftKings. And uh, they've just posted it today at eleven twenty-three. So Oklahoma got a head coach. Yeah, Rick, uh, Brent Venable. Brent Venable. Venable. Now this Hmm. is being reported off DraftKings. Hmm. Uh, Has anybody confirmed it? ESPN. uh, I'm I'm gonna look it up right now. Twitter. I'm on. I'm on on TigerNet. I haven't seen it. I mean. God, man, this is a terrible day, man. ESPN, here's how six hours ago, ESPN said Oklahoma was set to finalize a deal to hire Clemson, D.C. So uh, it it may not be finalized, but that apparently is their work getting. Yeah, so so I I would say, I would say, we in Carolina, Joe Brady's pretty much developed a reputation. as as a smart guy who still don't know enough. Um, unless right. you're gonna pair him with an experienced per se an Andy Reid, you know, I could see now maybe if 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 Andy needed an offensive coordinator, Andy could hire him and kind of let him learn under Andy. That would be good for Joe Brady. But um I don't think Joe Brady's gonna wait that long. I think there's too many people gonna offer that man some money to come play offensive coordinator. <laughs> Hey, oh, let me tell y'all something. Let me let me let me tell y'all something. I am way more. I mean, if you didn't know, I'm a Clemson Ooh. fan. So I am way Ooh. more, way more pissed off about my Tigers losing Brent Venables than I am my Panthers losing Joe Brady. I'll tell you that for sure, man. Venables or Venables has been one of the very best defensive minds in all of football for a long time, man. So it's like, damn, dude, that that's a shot right there, man. He's been the reason why Clemson's defense has been one of the best in the country for for years, man. So it's like this this sucks if that's if that's true. But he has connections there. Uh, he was uh, he he was at Oklahoma once upon a time before. Yeah. And like the like, there has been other coaching jobs coming uh, that have come up. And people haven't inquired about before, but Venables never left, man. Clemson retains a lot of their coaches. So it wouldn't surprise me if this is real. Like, in fact, I fucking know it's real. But yeah. um, 
And uh, by the way, there better not be no salty ass Gamecock fans up in this chat room. Y'all didn't score not <laughs> a single. Y'all didn't get a field goal. Y'all ain't allowed to. Y'all ain't allowed to say shit to me as long as my ass is moderating this chat, bro. So, hey, what? I'm, I'm a Tennessee fan, and I'll just say that at least my team made a made a uh, a bowl game this year. That's just all I'll say. I'm just Man, happy I just... they made a bowl game. They actually have a head coach worth a fart. Bro, my teams are down bad, man. My teams are down bad, and it sucks, and I'm hating it. But I don't know. It is what it is, man. So, look, bro, I'm about to get out of here. Before I go, I'm going to get everyone everyone's opinion real quick. Do you trust this offense to get better? Now that Joe Brady is not the offensive coordinator, we'll start with you, Ken. No, I, I, they may be. They wait a minute. I, they'll run more. They will run more. Uh, I would. I wouldn't be surprised to see. To see. Uh, I, the fact is, I'm. I'm going to say it. I'm going to call. We're going to go out and uh, uh, Don Terry Brown uh, and. Uh, Oh, Deontay Brown, Brady yeah. Christian, yeah, and Brady Christensen both will start on the offensive line Sunday. I believe that. I think we'll yeah. run more, but I don't know. I don't think we're actually going to win win a lot. I don't think we're going to be better. We'll just yeah. Well, I mean, that, yeah, that that's my my question is simply this: like, do you expect at least the offense to look better under a different play call? Uh, and that's um, yeah, because I, yeah, I, I say yeah, I'll say yeah. Okay. All right. Matt, what do you think, bro? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so, God. I just, do, you expect, do, you, do you expect this offense to be better after Joe Brady's firing? That's, it's so hard It's because this guy doesn't have really any experience taking on an OC position. Now, obviously, Matt Rule's going to help. I'm going to say yes because we might see those rotational pieces like Christensen and everybody else start to come in and maybe fill the holes and maybe we find a solution to the left side of the O-line. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we can hope for that this firing causes us to, you know, as, at least look at what we have on the roster. Yeah. As yeah. for the quarterbacks and the receivers though, I don't know. I think something has to click between them personally, um, as well as play calling to be elevated in order for them to be successful against Atlanta and the Bills. Because the Bills is the big game, I, th- I would say, that arguably is the big game besides the two Buccaneers games. Um, that's the game that oh, – God, that's those are the two big games, and I feel like yeah. we're going to we're gonna have a hard time against the defense on the Bills. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's reasonable, man. That's reasonable. Um uh, Jay Hutch, you still here? Jay Hutch, Jay Hutch. All right, we're going to rock, rock. I know you're still with me, bro. Yeah, I'm here, bro. Oh, yeah, man. On, man. Do you think this offense is going to, like, uh, now that Joe Brady is gone, do you expect this offense to perform better than it has? Man, I'm, I'm on the line with it, man. I don't know, man. It's like you said, the guy doesn't have any real experience. But at the same time, you know, Joe Brady sucks so bad. I mean, I feel like anybody can get in there and, and, and do better. So, I know one thing for sure we're going to find out Sunday. Yep. 
And real quick, Nick and uh, yeah, y'all might have Carolina on your jersey, but y'all might not even be the third best team in the Carolinas, bro. But you're smoking, dog. Come on. Um, yeah, man. And look, y'all kind of already know my opinions. I think this team is DOA. Like, unless Cam Newton figures out how to put the Superman cape back on, uh, which it's not like he has an inability to do. I don't so, think we DOA, Cody. I mean, I don't think we DOA, man. I, we, we we got all this talent, man. We got too much. Talent to be DOA. Yeah, but we've had that talent all year, man. Where's it been at? But we had like Joe Brady coach- all year too. Yeah, but our but our <laughs> but our coaches, like our, our coaches are they're not performing to a level that utilizes the best of this talent. So like it's not even our players that I'm doubting, man. It's more so yeah. our coaches and our coaches' ability to put them in a position to be successful. Because I don't think right. they do that at all, man. Like, yeah, they don't. Man, so look, y'all. I wasn't even intending to go live today, but look, here we are, man. We've been like, let's see, I think we've been two over hours. two hours. <laughs> yeah, man, we we're over two hours in this joint, bro. I was supposed to be chilling, watching yeah, football. Yeah, me too, man. I was catching the buzz. <laughs> yeah, man. Time went on, man. That's what I'm about to go do right now, man. So, giving them my killer um, one. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh. All right, well, I appreciate y'all to everybody that joined today, man. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, if you don't know, we do this every Friday at 7 p.m., uh, the Friday free-for-all. And once again, that's free for anyone to join. I post the link to the stream yard so y'all can come on and hang out and talk Panthers. Um, does anybody have anything that they plug before they uh, before they uh, they want to get out of here? Hey, maybe, maybe with the changes, you know, whoever's at OC now, uh, maybe we don't end up having our third five-win consecutive season. Yeah. Hey, real quick, Bartholomew just wants to know this. We support absolutely everybody, man. C3 Panthers podcast got love for absolutely everybody. The only thing that you have to do is love the Carolina Panthers. If you can do that, you're good with us, man, no matter what. No matter what. So, yeah, man. Um, football, not sex preference. <laughs> yeah, we don't care who you are, where you come from, what God you believe in, who you make love to, man. You just got to love the Carolina Panthers. That's it. That is it. But, um, yeah, uh, does anyone have anything, like I said, that they want to plug or mention or say before before we jump out of here? Nah, bro. Oh. No, it's, it's going to make tomorrow a lot more interesting on the radio. Yep. yep. <laughs> I work where I work at, where I live in Tennessee. I, I I listen to Charlotte radio station a lot on my headphones, so it it's it's convenient and, and, and a little news like this gonna 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 make listening to a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, well, everybody, I've been your host, Cody Lashing. I appreciate everybody coming and joining. Uh, to everybody who watched, please hit the thumbs up, the like, the subscribe. Uh, if you want to help grow C3 Panther Nation, um, that's it for your boy. We will see you all on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. for another edition of the C3 Panthers podcast. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.